Hey, what's up, guys? I uh, got another new episode here. As always, I like to start by asking you to go to iTunes and, and leave a review if you can. Uh, follow me, subscribe, uh, go to social media, do uh, Instagram for, for at Average Joe's Beer Podcast, and then JoeBob41 for both uh, Twitter and uh, Untapped. If you want to follow me on there, go like the Facebook. You can leave, uh, leave a review on the Facebook page for Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. Uh, I gave away some tickets, so all of the July tickets I had for the Bolingbrook Brewfest, hashtag uh, BBK Brewfest, that's, um, those are all gone, so congratulations to Ben and Mike, and uh, I gave away some 350 tickets to Tim, Tim won some of those, Mike McGrath won some of those, Mike uh, Fosno, and yeah, so that that's it for tickets, I'll have some more in August to give away for that festival that comes around in October. Other than that, uh, we had, a, had an awesome episode from a, a group that they just distribute beer at this point. Uh, so you'll see their, their kegs, and, and they have three different cans they offer to the market. It's Aleman Brewing out in Chicago. So it was like a Sunday fun day for us. They were coming off a, a, a crazy night the night before celebrating somebody's future nup- nuptials. You'll hear about that on the show. And then uh, we sat down, and they gave me their, their Sunday morning, which was awesome. Uh, we had a lot of fun with those guys. They're some of the most genuine people that you'll and you'll hear that when you when you hear them talk but i hope you guys enjoy it and this is the ailman all right so now we're actually live so uh first of all i want to say thank you guys for taking your sunday your time out of your sunday at noon to come drink beers with me and talk on microphones uh do you want to introduce yourselves and tell tell them where we're at sure thing my name's uh nate albrecht one of the founders and brewers at Aleman Brewing. We yeah. are currently at Aleman Brewing. Yeah. 3304 yeah. Knox, right? Correct. No- Correct. Knox. Avondale slash Belmont Cragen neighborhood. So okay. I'm Jim Morehouse, too. I'm one of the owners, founders, janitors over at janitors. Aleman Brewing yeah. Company. Isn't that what you do? You just clean shit, right? Just That's nonstop. <laughs> clean shit. Boil stuff for a little while, and you just clean it. And clean. That's it. That's over, the job. repeat. That's the and job. And over and over again. <laughs> okay, but... Occasionally, you do cool stuff, right? Because when I walked in here this morning, this place is is the aftermath of a good night, right? And like, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, a, a, a long day. But not, it didn't look like it's not in shambles. No, it's it's still it's, uh, a shell of what it should be. So you want to you want to share what you guys did last night? Like, well, wow. last night was my uh, engagement party. So three months to the day to when I got engaged. And uh, yeah, so we two weeks ago we were in Ohio f- uh, with her family doing that same thing um just come back here and of Except course not at a brewery not at a brewery <laughs> in a backyard in plain city ohio quite the opposite jim's the last one of us to get nailed down he's really? the last one it's hard the, to hold huh this lone, guy? uh last standing single ailment not so long yeah. but there's four of you guys right there's four ailment am i that's wrong correct. that's correct right. yeah we're missing brad and josh today are we there. really missing them though man we're, yeah, we're yeah, it's we're tough missing. to form Voltron with only two cats. That's good. I like my son, my five-year-old's going to hear that and be like, "That guy knows about Voltron." It's like, son, <laughs> sure I does. He indeed does. Sure does. Well, it's on Netflix now, so he, he thinks it's like a new thing. You know, he doesn't realize that. Well, uh, that's Voltron the new school deep. Voltron. Right. I'm talking yeah, about the yeah, '80s anime Voltron. Yeah, yeah he doesn't realize that it runs deep like that. That's you know? right. I try to show him, but he just <laughs> he likes the new one. It's way brighter and more colors and stuff. But you know. So you can't form Voltron without all the ailment. Uh, I, I met all the ailment at Beefsteak this year. Beefsteak Deuce. That was a, a okay. good time. 
that was a hell of an event. That's an event that I, I'm guessing not everybody knows about because it's not, you know, beer under glass or like a giant thing that's open to everyone. You know, it can't get much larger in this space either. <laughs> so, I mean, like, we don't really need to no. explode it. It was freaking way. perfect, man. Um, yeah, we couldn't get 75 people, more than 75 people in here if we tried, uh, at least comfortably. Um, so, yeah, that's it's going to stay as low-key as possible. We want yeah. people to know about it and how incredible it is, but at the end of the day... We want friends and family there, and then whoever can get their hands on some tickets. Yeah, how, like how like for the for someone who's not familiar with you guys or with obviously with the fest because it's a very what seventy some people. Or, yeah, that's no. kind of where we're comfortable. Seventy oh. guests, and then so you have all your supplier. You have us. You have people working the event. You have whatever mm-hmm. chefs. So, you know, there's about 80, 85 people in the room. So yeah. So can you guys describe like what that is and why you do it? I mean, this is the second one this year, right? That was number two. It is, yeah, yeah. This, uh, so, you know, a couple years back, Brad, one of our partners, uh, got it in his head that he wanted to replicate this style of party that was really popular, uh, you know, 30s and 40s. It was big around Chicago. And the idea of a, a beefsteak dinner was these very over the top, you know, gluttonous for lack of a better word uh party for social socialites uh politicians even like gangsters would uh host these really elaborate meat-centric meals and the real kicker of the thing is it's uh it's all eaten by hand no no flatware no silverware no plates no napkins it's literally like just hedonistic yeah get in there it was amazing Yeah. yeah Like, well, I mean, just from my experience from the, con- I don't know, call myself a consumer, I guess the visitor's side of things, I walked in the door and got handed an ale, uh, an aleman pint glass, mm-hmm. and it was stuffed with a beautiful, thick, hard canvas, you know, uh, apron, apron, right, and with your logo on it, which was sweet, and then I had a pocket, in one pocket of that apron, I found a cigar, and the other, a bag of coffee beans from Glassworks, which they were phenomenal, and they were running cold brew around the room during the day. I mean, you guys had uh, c- cocktails going on. and uh, for that, what, Was that Few Spirits that was here? Yeah, it was, it was Few this year. Yeah. Few Spirits was here serving up cocktails, and then you guys had your beers in the corner on a jockey box, you know, kind of pairing them out with each course. It was a hell of an event. And then, like you said, uh, uh, Chef uh, Juan Kim, right? That's, that's yeah. 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 Uh, who's who's you're beautiful just, art is on our wall right now, yeah. too. Yeah, he just hands you food into your bare hand, and you ate it. That yeah. was It was definitely the, the most different type thing I've ever been a part of at a festival of any sort, and it was awesome. So that day for you guys, I mean, like, what goes into that? Oh, um, a ton of preparation. <laughs> Absolutely. ton. Um I mean, the way that we've made the beefsteak our own is is really making it a collaborative endeavor and and reaching out to some folks and some suppliers and chefs and you know the first year we had a a, a different set of a different chef a different dessert company a different spirits buyer. Oh, and, I forgot uh, about the ice cream. Oh, <laughs> yes, that was Public House, wasn't it? Yeah, Publican. Publican. Publican, Publican did Public used House. our beers, used ingredients that we use in our beers to. Our the grain bill for yeah, the, that was the crazy. crust of the what, ice cream sandwich. I yeah. ate the shit out of that. Yeah, I was eating just the cones too. We were eating like, for cones. weeks after too. <laughs> yeah, they left us some ice cream sandwiches. We enjoyed Hell for yeah. a while afterwards. But uh, no, the 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 beefsteak, yeah, it's a it's a amazing meal. It's a crazy experience, but it's also a way to 
to say thank you and also to showcase some folks that are, are near and dear to us. I mean, the the fact that we have Glassworks Coffee roasting across the room for where we're making beer is uh, is a pretty amazing thing. And, and Ben, the the mastermind behind Glassworks, is a very dear friend. And Such a it's, nice guy. Uh, the ability to to prop up other friends' companies is uh, is a huge part of why we do what we do, really. We could easily roll next year with Juan Kim, but the nature of beefsteak is to f- next chef, it up. next person. So he's so hot right now, though he might not yeah. have time for you guys. I mean, you know, he's, he's so hot right now. He's a big deal. <laughs> he is Brad big deal. is a, you know over planner in some ways, and he's like oh, Juan's not getting back to me. He's like Juan will do it. He's just a he's busy cool, guy. Man. <laughs> <You got it. laughs> he's cool. And he crushed it. So, dude, it was unbelievable. I mean, I'm just just to run through number one. Number one uh, was that it was like a Jello soup, basically like a broth basically that he like turned into like a Jello tin jelly. Yeah. And then he throws like some nice, delicious shredded chicken over it and just slaps it in your hand with some garnish and stuff on it. And you just, just literally like suck it down like a Jello shot. Yeah. Hey, Half unreal. the room didn't know what just happened to him. Everybody was everybody, and everybody was going back. The coolest part, I think, was the excess meat trays. Like the extra mm-hmm. meat was just like in a tray, and you just walked up there and grabbed a handful of it and yeah. ate it. Like mm-hmm. there's some excess extra chicken. I, yeah, I mean there was like a a barrel of wings that showed up for a second, and they were gone. So like that's instantly. what's funny about that is, uh, so uh, my soon-to-be wife uh, couldn't have a lot of what was going on there gluten and some other allergies and then she just doesn't eat red meat or pork um so i had those cooked off for her and then everyone just crushed them <laughs> she's like i got two i didn't wings. get any <laughs> yeah sorry you should eat meat well, and just watching you guys that day was fun too i mean just watching the four of you guys i got a great picture of all of us behind by the jockey box oh, yeah i love, love that, that picture that and was uh, hanging up yesterday for uh, our party that, uh, that was yes it was a great picture. They're like, who's the douchebag in Who's the middle? He's, he doesn't know. <laughs> but no, it was cool watching you guys wander around, just interacting with everybody. Like you said, it's friends and family. Like, I, I guess I was there based on like media. I don't know how you'd say it, but I feel like I became friends with you guys while we were there. Took that sweet picture with you. <laughs> and then, no, just uh, kind of observing the... Uh, the kind of interactions that you guys were having. I mean, there were, you, you were carrying around bottles, pouring stuff for people, you know, not even just ailment stuff, you know, like some, some like small like bottle share almost running around. You get that back porch. People are smoking their cigars. There's, you know, he's grilling back there doing all this stuff. There, people are eating duck with their hands. Like, it, it was a really cool so first duck in my ailment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, your beard is ripe for duck. <laughs> There's so much grease. I bet you, yeah, that's like extra yeah, there conditioner is, in there. They're actually still uh, duck fat staining the... <laughs> The back you can like actually skate here so on, the, <laughs> on the duck fat. All right, I'm I'm over loving beefsteak, but you know I just I, it was such a cool event for me. But let's let's talk about ale and let's talk about your guys's beer because I mean you guys were throwing beer out each each course. Is is ladies man like that? Is that kind of like a series for you guys that you do multiple offshoots of or? Uh, ladies man, I mean ladies man goes way back in terms of the story of Aleman and 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 where our beer recipes came from and it's one recipe that we've been making almost longer than any of our other beers it was uh, born out of your wedding that's right um how long ago was this oh many moons many moons <laughs> actually just five years in august i'll be married yeah, five years many many moons <laughs> but uh when we were just just lowly home brewers um it got time for me to get hitched we actually brewed that first batch on uh Beguile's 
uh, one barrel system. You're right. Oh my gosh, you're right. Wow. And when I grew the lemon thyme on my back deck. It's like we should put this in a beer. Seriously? That's yeah. Cool. yeah. I mean, there's my back deck. Yeah. There's a uh, there's a very good story about how Elman is tied to Beguile, and and I mean we can get into that for sure. But uh, we owe those guys. We owe Kevin Carey a whole bunch. Um, yeah. and Matt Ritchie, who's no longer with the company or working with the company, but still a figurehead and but honestly, when, helped build it. When Beguile was mostly a, a big empty room with a big pilot system in it, we went over and and, and started to and brew, and that uh, really contributes a lot to the story of us deciding to go pro and and pers- you know pursuing Ailman as a, a legitimate production brewery so why how did you form that relationship to be able to go into beguile and use that pilot system oh boy um Um, matt ritchie um one of the founders moved in was basically your next door neighbor mm -hmm. right on rockwell there and right here in the city of chicago right yep we all met uh at rockwell's neighborhood grill um lincoln square neighborhood up by the brown line yeah so he came in is that the hat you're wearing right now yeah (laughs) nailed it (laughs) that's great um so he came in, we started chatting about beers, got invited in, and then from there, it just kind of took off. I was there three, four days a week at one point, um, just volunteering, help make their beers, just kind of learning on their little system, how they were preparing to scale up to their 10 barrel, which showed up shortly after we kind of stopped volunteering. They had they stopped bringing volunteers in, um, you know, paid employees. How and long it didn't has Beguile been at it? Huh? Five uh, plus five years. I'm, I'm guessing six years now. Damn. OG. OG in the game. They were going to be Argyle Brewing Company, but uh, a wine producer sent them a cease and desist, and they really? just cut out in front of it. So, so what you're telling me is I need to contact Kevin over there and get him to sit down with me, yeah. too, so I can He's hear a, that story, absolutely. too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just at Dovetail last week, and I, and I, I was going to walk over there, and then time just got away. Pretty easy to do when you're hanging out with Hagen and uh, and and Bill. I was like, all right, I got. I took the tour with with Hagen, and I'm like, all right, I got to get out of here. Such a cool space, unbelievable. Those guys are killing it right now with uh, the old world love. So, so you guys are so beguiled. Just kind of like you guys just kept hanging around like stray dogs. Just kept coming back and like, I'll help you. I'll help you carry uh, some grain and yeah, all of it. Uh, But they would send us like a brew schedule, and we'd kind of all right. I'm in here. I'll I'll be there. I'll be there. All working a regular job, most likely as well. Yes. So you, oh, yeah. you're working your normal like 40 hour week. Well, plus, I, you, you know, know. I was general manager of Rockwell's neighborhood grill. Oh, you were. Oh, yeah. well, that makes that would make sense. So, I mean, that's but that calls for evening work at the most. Hence part. the hat. Hence the hat. Yes, I wear many hats. Are you currently? Yeah. As well. Damn. 14 years. Damn. Rockwell's cool. is is arguably more crucial yeah. to the story of Ailman than. Uh, than anything else. Maybe That's anything else. Let's unpack this, guys. Let's go. Let's, Let's talk get about into it. it. Let's talk about so, it. So, yeah, we started brewing beer together there, all of us. Uh, we we first figured out yeah. that Rockwell's has the best nachos <laughs> in the city of That's Chicago. That's how the, the glue. That's that the glue. everyone together. So when news started to spread about these nachos, and they're serious nachos, <laughs> people started coming together and realized that we shared a lot of the same interests. Like Name, nachos. Namely, nachos and beer. Nachos, beer, and... Beards. Uh, beards. <laughs> various forms of music. <laughs> uh, and no, we just... We, we bonded really quickly. I mean, uh, my wife and I moved to Chicago. It's nine years ago now. 
and we settled in the neighborhood just south of Rockwell's. Rockwell's was the first Chicago, you know, neighborhood spot that we kind of fell in love with. So we started hanging out there often, embarrassingly often, <laughs> five days a week. It was your living room. And uh, no, it just we just made fast friends with with Jim and and Brad and the you know who were both working there at the time and. It was a pretty natural conversation before we decided we should well, start homebrewing. So, no, we talked about it a ton, but you and I had a rare Sunday off or something. Went to a, a street festival that was a bust. Like, let's brew beer today. And we went and picked up all the equipment and just no did shit. it. Totally sober. Wait, I promise we were You went so and picked up all the equipment? Homebrewing. Yeah, we had all the homebrewing equipment. So, like, you literally didn't day. even have it already. You were no, just like, no, let's no, fucking, no. fucking learn stop how, like, talking about it and just do it. So this is something that you guys kept banter, bandering exactly. about, and, like, and it, it wasn't just us. It was a whole. There was a whole crew of us, and all of us being restaurant, you know, industry employees. Our 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 days off didn't coincide with any brew clubs or anything like that. Um, like Lincoln Squares, or Square Kegs. Yeah. They always wanted us to come. It's like it just didn't make sense. Like we can brew Tuesday at nine a.m. Well, you guys are all at work, and that's yeah. what we're going to do. And yeah. the restaurant's closed. So, you know, at some point there'd be eight or nine of us there. And it always was around Robin for recipes. So this week was your recipe decision. Talk to me about what you want to do to the beer. We'll give you our input, but at the end of the day, it's, you have final say. Mm-hmm. And then it just okay. always rotated. You get to like drive that. this week. I get to drive. This is how you week. should use this adjunct. We should use for this temp. Why are you choosing this? So it's always cool. The recipe build was one of the fun parts because it was collaborative in so many ways. But someone got to take the, the driver's seat. Did you, get, did you get some heated discussions? I mean, did you get? Did you ever get into that early days? Oh you, uh, man, still just getting after it. Well, I'm sure now, man. More on the line now, guys. Probably a good thing that Brad's not here at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd be like those two are fucking idiots. I had all the good ideas. So, what was Brad's role at Rockwell then? At this point, are you, are you GM at this point? Or are you, are so you're, you know, I was hired on as GM. And uh, you know, as the, a wee lad, yeah, as a wee lad, um, and kind of just grew more into like basically doing all of it. Well, that was a lot on my plate, so we kind of shifted some some responsibilities to him at that point. Um, he currently is not doing that anymore. So I'm, I'm a, by my lonesome at Rockwell yeah. is running it. So but older and wiser, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, uh, or more dumb. Be able to look at it, yeah, more uh, sore, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> achy. Um, but yeah, I was just a barfly. Yeah, you just hung out. Just eventually, I couldn't got a get job. rid of you. <laughs> eventually, no, I, got I mean, a job. I, I was a pest. Uh, I always criticized Jim's beer menu. <laughs> um, no, no, that's 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 not fair, Jim. Uh, when I started going to Rockwell's, Jim had ten draft lines, eight draft lines, three. <laughs> Originally, three, three draft lines, and then it that might have been before my time. No, it was three right at the beginning of your tenure. But for a small neighborhood burger bar. (laughs) And then we went to ten quickly. The beer program there is outstanding. And I think anyone who's wandered into that restaurant will immediately take notice of the beer board. And it's uh, better than your average beer, for sure. So we always had an amazing kind of cross-section of not just Chicago, but, you know, great regional breweries and, and, you know, brands that, we both looked up to a lot so that's kind of where our conversation started about our love for beer our love for craft our love for uh you know unique innovative recipes so you know the the beers he was bringing in and still brings into this day you know 
helped kind of fuel this conversation, yeah. fuel our desire to want to do this. I mean, also bringing together a big group of people and only bring one batch of beer a week. Well, you're doing it weekly. I mean, there's not many homebrewers who can say, I brew every week. So pooling your resources. We learned a lot very quickly. It was just, you know, all right, someone tackles hops this week. All right, let's water chemistry. Like, what do we need to learn about this next batch of beer to do it properly? And, yeah, the learning curve was, was steep. So so at this point, early days, like, how many how many cooks are in the kitchen when it comes to that? Well, like, so there were, at most, there were eight people. But, okay, I mean, it, it did w- dwindle down to just the four or five of us. Yeah. You start uh, to fall off. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a weekly commitment. Do, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Weekly commitment's kind of tough unless you're really into it. And we well, were, and we, we were, were clearly th- into it. I was going to say, we were the, nut, the nuts that f- absolutely fell in love with it. Yeah. That, I mean, I knew right away, first or second batch, like, I'd, I want to do this a lot. Always. <laughs> Now, see, now if you say that, you get made fun of. You know, people people are like, I brewed one bit decent batch of beer. I'm going to open a brewery now. <laughs> that's, that's the current state of 2018 craft yeah. beer. Am I right? Man, yeah. no, no. I mean, a I, lot of batches. I'm not saying that's a, that's a broad stroke to say that, but I've seen some pretty funny mocking articles written on the, that, that subject, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, this was. There is some naivete decent, about yes. it. There is some, you know, we, 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 one of our first batches, I think it was. Might have even been our second batch of beer ever, <laughs> ever, was a big, stupid, hoppy, dark something. It was just a, it was Cascadian just, dark ale. Yeah. It was just swampy and mean, and it literally <laughs> exploded yeah. all over Jim's house. I mean, oh. made an unbelievable mess. And I think that was when I was like, oh, yeah. This is what I want to do forever. <laughs> <laughs> How did that inspire that? that? <laughs> it's not oh, my house. I don't give yeah, a shit. Right? That was great. Science. Let's do this again. <laughs> Science, bro. Yeah. So, Jim, this was, was this like in a basement or like where, where was where no, did it explode at? I just had a, like, a pretty decently tempered closet. Oh, jeez. But the door was open. Has temperature control been more important to you now since, <laughs> since your closet? You could say that. <laughs> the first thing i hear when people are like if you, if you just want to do something decent just treat the water a little bit and control your temperatures like you know it. it's just well jim is such a dedicated restaurant manager that he literally inhabited the apartment above the restaurant so for real yeah wow your commute away. was rough it was <laughs> it was brutal there was no excuse to be late yeah that's true you really set yourself up on that one <laughs> it's the house that james built yeah <sighs> That's true. I can see that. So, like, what, what's a right now? If I were to walk into a Rockwell's neighborhood grill, like, what, what kind of, what kind of taps are, are going right now? Uh, I could probably pull it up Who, on the right do now. That? Just um, give me, just give me a, like a, you know, what you think might be up there right now. Oh, what's up there right now? Is there Ailman beer on tap there every um, now no. and again? Uh, you know, we, you know, I, ultimately, I don't want to like mess around with conflict of interest weird, or anything right? like that. Um, the program was built on certain principles. Just because I own a brewery, that doesn't change. Yeah. Uh, Man of principles, see? Seriously. Um, there, there are brews that see more play at Rockwell's than, than my own. Um, and that's the way it should be. Like, that's not the way that program was built. Um, on draft right now, you have an ESB from Beguile. You have Maplewoods, um, Son of Juice. You of have. You should definitely have that. Um, Victory's Kirsch Goes. Uh, La Pina de Mi Ojos, right? Is that, that the pineapple sour from yeah. Five mm-hmm. Rabbit? Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. on point there. I nailed it. Crushing. Um, yeah. 
What else? We have the hazelnut goddamn pigeon porter from, from Spiteful. Spiteful, huh? Um, there's uh, Saint Fouillen Grisette. Is that Saint Fouillen? Little Grisette? Yeah. Mm-hmm. More people need to have Grisettes, right? Maybe They're delicious. Like more. more but yeah, so we try to there. just make sure that we touch on a lot of categories. Yes, you're going to fly through hops, right? Of course. But that's not all there is in beer, so. That Son of Juice pie flows pretty hard there, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, that Dave, Dave over, uh, the owner over at the beer cellar in Glen Ellen, he told me that Son of Juice was his 2017 number one selling product. I was like, whoa. Wow. I didn't, I didn't expect it. I thought, you know, you know, there's other IPAs out there that I would have probably mm-hmm. guessed before Son of Juice. They had a big Love year. Love those guys. Love those. What? Now Roger's over there, too. Huh? Mm-hmm. They got all kinds of crazy shit happening. Um, so well, the, the space we're in right now. Sure. Um, you guys have tanks. Like, what's the size here? What's, what, what, what's the general... So a 10-barrel system with 10-barrel tanks. So we're just single turns of those. So the next move um, will be to, to, to up those in size, and that's kind of what we're going to do. We'll keep the 10s around. We'll just kind of flip-flop things and move them around and, yeah, just start getting more turns out of our brew house. Okay. There's not there's not a lot of people like you guys anymore, right? I mean, because that's that the conventional wisdom at this point in the game is like, well, people are probably going to be like, why don't you have a tap room? Like, isn't that where all the money comes from? Like, how do you guys manage to, to do this? You know, we, we strolled into this with, you know, the mindset that we need to keep our overhead tight and and, and operate as, as lean as possible. Um, so when that tap room does happen, which is on the horizon. Um, I like what I hear. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll stroll into that and, and look pretty good in terms of, you know, finances. Um, but, yeah, this is, we've, all this has been done, learn, learn by doing, right? Um, we're not just going to stroll in and just try to do everything at once. You know, we waited to get into cans because we want to make sure we're going to package properly. So, yeah, just one step at a time. So the next step is a tap room, though. Okay. I mean, operating a tap room is, is our bread and butter. We've been working in restaurants for how long? Yeah. Collective experience I was say, is huge. You guys would probably do pretty damn well with a tap room. We'll do just fine. Um, so that is the next step, though. So uh, you know, I I, th- I feel like I I jumped, I hit like the skip button way mm-hmm. forward on you. So let's let's go, let's go back to it to those early days after you know you guys were doing the homebrew thing with the group and you kind of whittled down to the four or five core guys doing this a weekly. Uh, like when did it become like hmm, maybe maybe we could call ourselves something? Maybe we could there was a start a, a business. A, a big point where that uh, where that happened. Um, so a good friend of ours was um, a neighbor also and a regular customer at Rockwell's. And at the time, he was a uh, rep for Stone Brewing Company, the Midwest sales rep. And Stone and two brothers were hosting a homebrew competition. And he's like, you guys should join this. I mean, I drink your beer all the time. It's delicious. And we just happened to make a coffee IPA when he said that. I was like, here, take six bottles. And uh, so we won the first round um, in that competition. Got into the second round. We had to rebrew the batch. Um, which we won that and then we walked into the finals in a room full of I mean now a ton of pros or brewery employees and owners and right next to us was Drew from 18th Street <laughs> um, Drew's been on the show Good oh man. yeah Drew's Good the man, man. Um, and we won that competition so with that that victory if you will um, we won the right to brew our beer in San Diego on Stone System with a collaboration with Stone and Two Brothers so we brewed Dayman Coffee IPA with them, hit 27 states, and people kind of went bananas over it. Was that uh, 
Is that a reference to Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I Isn't Damien? I'm not going to say yes. Uh, it's, it's not. That's but my head is not. nodding. Ah. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Stone received some flack for that, actually. Did they really? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot of cease and desist in this industry, which yeah. I think is hilarious. It's got to be the hardest part of the job now is naming your beers. Like, it's, everything's taken. Everything. True. We actually have a pretty good running joke about, you know, the Simpsons already did it. Yeah. yeah. So. Diddy did it. Yeah. Simpsons did it. Um, the the Dayman years, that experience was like going to Wonka's factory. Yeah, this has got to be weird. I mean, I did I did not know that about you guys. You know, I, I try not to like go over research places before I come talk to you. You know, because I don't wanna. I already know. I want to experience it as you're telling me. So that's something I am not privy to. That that's got to be like a whirlwind, you know, like oh yeah, like I a mean, YouTube star, you know, <laughs> you know, you go, go from, from nothing from to like five gallon buckets to yeah, uh, you know, fucking crazy twenty barrel brew house. No, it was sixty at the time, right? Yeah, 60 it was massive. Brew. It was huge, and you know, we're we're ready to get in there and get dirty. But you're talking about two brothers and Stone, yeah. and then some home brewer, you know. Well, our name brew. at the time was actually Heavy Hand Brewing Company, and. Uh, Right after we, you know, won that competition, uh, Jason walks up. He's like, y- you might want to change your name. Well, they have a beer called Heavy Handed. He's like, yeah, ah, we're going to win. Got a point like, there. You got it, buddy. All right. Yeah. Ailment it is. Moving right along. So why ailment? That's a good story. That's a great story. So let's, you mentioned. Let's not lose the thread of this other story. But yeah, I want to hear the ailments. The, 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 no, the, no, the I'll, naming. Ma- I'll make it brief. Um, no, don't, don't make it so brief. So you mentioned uh, why not a tap room now? Um, and that's a great question, but originally there was a very pointed, important conversation amongst the guys that were brewing at the time. Are we going to go brew pub or are we going to go production facility? And there was a time when Aylman was a five-person team, and we had a guy on that was uh, a very talented chef, um, was a butcher by trade, sausage maker, uh, excellent reputation and he had it in his mind that he wanted to do a restaurant concept that would be a fusion of Spanish food and German food uh, obviously very sausage heavy um, I love those words so, sausage heavy so that uh, out of the the idea of Spanish and German fusion <clears throat> came the name Aleman the name you know the Spanish word for the country of Germany uh, we realized that that would sound great as a brew pub name or a restaurant name. And, uh, you know, through through a process, we realized that uh, operating costs, startup funds, startup capital for a brew pub concept were going to be much more of a stretch than setting up a brewery first and then following up with a food concept later. But we liked the Aleman Ale Man name so much that we we stuck with it so your restaurant chef trained fifth party like any story behind that or is that something you don't care to talk about like we oh he, like was, he, a, just he was a dear friend you know he just a, a close buddy of of another one of the partners and you know he just sort of we just sort of diverged i mean when we when yeah. we knew that we weren't going to be able to do a, a food concept in a professional kitchen in the short term um, he just it just wasn't the right professional fit for him. So, okay. you know, making deci- grown man decisions. Absolutely yeah. no no bad blood there. Just didn't all make of sense. a sudden we didn't we didn't need a chef per se right away. Mm-hmm. 
But the name you loved and you said, you know what? Let's rock that name. That's right. All right. Okay. So so let's go let's roll back over to, to where you guys are at now. You're you're uh, in San Diego right now, right? I mean you're, you're mm-hmm. and you're you're in the chocolate factory. You're uh, getting ready, ready to brew on a giant system like cuz that, that that seems like it happened fast, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean we we were totally starstruck. And like Jim said, I mean we were we had our galoshes. We were ready to get dirty in the brewery and, and you walk into this push a button and watch it go. All right. Like what in the hell? Now we took a lot of flack, um, even from people who knew us as homebrewers. The idea of a coffee IPA at the time was bananas, and people were just like, "You know, that sounds terrible." Coffee goes in stouts. Don't, what do you, yeah, you know, don't need that in my IPA. It sounds yeah. this sounds like a terrible clash. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Uh, but there are some significant flavor bridges between the two that just make complete sense. <laughs> and and Mitch, Mitch Steele was about it. Mitch yeah. Steele. Well, they were so pumped. That to guy have knows some shit, doesn't he? That's right. <laughs> that guy knows. Hey, we can welcome whoever's here. I don't know. Oh, that's, that's my lovely, lovely fiance. Hello, fiance. It's the lovely and talented is Alice Mack. Is she as, as slow right now as you guys are, or is she she take it easy? She just played soccer, so I'm Did, sure oh, she's Jesus. got a little pep in her step, her. or she's beaten. It's oh. almost the same as a podcast. It gets that pep in your step. And it's very energetic. <laughs> I feel great. Now. I, you, you look great. You guys look great. I mean, after uh, a long night of having a good time and celebrating uh, future nuptials, I mean, uh, now you mentioned uh, you're the last one that's going to be getting hitched out of the group. Mm-hmm. So my first thought as a, you know, uh, almost 10 years married fella, I'm thinking to myself, when you guys hit that point, you're you're at you're at uh, like I'm guessing you had accelerated brain waves once you finished that that uh, collab and it went over so well. Yeah, like you got to be thinking fucking rocket ship yeah. right now. Go, like, go, 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 go. Just yep. go. So how do you how do you present that like to to the family like to to the wife? You're going to the home to the wife, or maybe she was your girlfriend at the time. You know, no, no. So he's no. like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean. I remember, I remember a pretty funny conversation with my parents. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm going out to San Diego. They're like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go make some beer. And they're like, huh? And I was like, yeah, no, no, no. There's a you know, professional brewery out there. We're going to go a thing. make one of our recipes. And uh, my dad was like, oh, that sounds fun. That should be a nice weekend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> no idea, like the yeah, you know the, going the to magnitude or scale, yeah. like yes. So I told him after the fact, I was like, I, I think we're gonna try and do this, and uh, you know, my my folks are very supportive, but at the time they're like, are you sure you yeah, wanna? Yeah, uh, a lot of flack and um, apprehension from my family as well. Um, but you you're still working at the at the restaurant, you know. Too. And, and ultimately, so it's not like you were like, hey, I'm leaving the restaurant to go do this. So. Yeah, and and that's a that's a double edged sword, you know. I mean, we. I could be doing either way better if I devoted all of my time to one or the other, right? Um, you only have so much creative energy. Yeah. Um, it don't time, time of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that that needs to happen soon, and it's going to. We're heading in that right direction, but, you know, whatever. I, I wouldn't change our path at all, so. So what was that conversation like for, for you when you, you know, the, I think that's hilarious about your parents, man. <laughs> So that's cool, you know. Yeah, go get him, son, tiger. Like, have fun, but like, you're you married at the time, or you're just newly married. 
Uh, it was right around the is time. She look, like, is you she engaged, into the whole world? Like, right? is she into the beer world at this point? Is she oh, like, yeah. are you famous now? Like, what's happening? Why are you Oh, no, no. So, like, <laughs> my wife, Sarah, does an excellent job of keeping me grounded. There was no talk <laughs> of being famous at all. Can you um, translate that? Does that mean she just, <laughs> just rips like, me apart? That means she's like, you're not Larry Bell, buddy. Take it easy. Take yeah. a yeah. But no, I mean, uh, part of that conversation is is coming up around the Detroit area, and and Sarah and I went to University of Michigan, and the well, culture look at of you, smarty pants. No. <laughs> well, that's I mean, no, it's more about the the craft beer culture around Ann Arbor, around yeah. that part of Michigan, proximity to Grand Rapids. I mean, uh, and, and also speaks to my folks' sort of apprehension is like, at the time they they were already hip to the idea that that craft beer was exploding and there was a lot of competition that it's that that's you better know your stuff getting into that world um so yeah it was just sort of natural for them to be like well you don't exactly have founders money (laughs) so sure uh, yeah maybe one day but uh yeah it's uh you know you kind of idolize brands like like founders and and coming from michigan it's like man if if that's a that's a serious that's a pipe dream that's a fantasy and chicago was you know six seven years ago was not nearly as saturated and and the idea of having a startup brewery was way more realistic what half acre Yep. Evolution, like the, yep. you know, what was what was really here? Metro, I mean, what was really yeah, right? Metro, Beagle was just, just barely getting, getting off, infancy, off the ground. Right. Yeah. But when, when people tell me like on these podcasts when they say like six years, I'm like, holy shit, you're old. You know, like it's it's relative to from the time of 2015 to 2016, then 2016 to 2018. It's like boom, boom, boom. Just now what? 300 plus in the Chicagoland area alone, if not, you know, 6,000 plus across the country. It's insane to think like anybody thinks that they can break through in this industry. But that's the best part about the industry is you got like some dreamers and some grinders and some just some people that are just super dedicated and passionate. And that's what makes the whole thing work, I guess, you know. And you work together, which is a cool thing about the industry. Absolutely. It became super apparent, you know, again, so we're, we're circling back to the day man brew. We released that beer, like Jim said, it, it, it hits a number of states. Um, we start getting feedback from bloggers, small beer periodicals, lots of uh, folks in Oregon and Colorado that are, are seeing this beer and saying, who the hell is Ailman? What is, what is Ailman? And uh, it's when some of that started to reach us back in Chicago that we're like, man, this, there might be something here. We, could, we might actually be able to do this professionally. And uh, so immediately, like you said, you have this sort of brain explosion, like, well, pedal to the metal. we got to get this going if we're going to do this. But really, our first strategic move was to, all right, we, we know Matt and Kevin at Beguile, so let's get on the horn with them. Let's start volunteering as much as we could. Um, start to learn. And, absorb, and, absorb, and learn. And relatively, sh- in a relatively short amount of time, we met Brant Dubovic, at dry hop um same thing like anything we can do we'll sweep floors we'll do whatever you want and and brant was so cool at the time he was like oh why don't we just make a beer and again we're more or less 
still homebrewers at the time. They were like, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. So it, it, it became a game of, of getting to know and volunteering any and everywhere we could. And uh, not only to, to make friends and, and learn some ropes, but to really see if this is a, a life that we wanted to do, if we wanted to live that lifestyle. Because, I mean, running a brewery is, is a lifestyle for sure. It feels like it. <laughs> it feels like it. The more I talk to people, the more I'm just I'm fascinated by how much goes into it. And that's part of the, the podcast is like, I want to try to be some form of education for the local beer consumers, you know, that are not privy to the fact of what goes into this. It's not, you know, always just fun on the, you know, fun during the week. I don't have to work a regular job. I just come here and brew beer and drink the beer and go home. You know, it's, it's so much that goes into it. Uh, I've had a lot of brewers talk about, like, I think John Laffler I just had on recently from Off Color and he was talking about, you know, you could teach a monkey how to brew a recipe, beer, but to actually know the process and know if something fucks up, how to stop it or fix it or recover it or repair it or whatever yep. it is, that's what a brewer is, you know, that, that's the real part of this job that, that you don't know about. So, like, you could give me the recipe and if everything went perfectly and I added all the shit in, and maybe it came out good, you know, yeah. but it's, it's a fascinating thing. I mean, do you guys find that people are more educated now about what happens before and after and or is it just i don't know that's that's a big split it depends on your crowd and where you're at that's a um, good point depends on the festival right yeah um but yeah it, the understanding is certainly better than it was before you know um yeah i mean to, to speak to loffler's point it's just, i think why this piques my interest it's always like all right this is how we fix this problem. How do we make this better? And it gets constantly tweaking, slight engineering things that, you know, on a very small scale that will make your life that much easier. Mm-hmm. Or like, okay, how do I implement this piece of equipment or this technique? Like, it just, it's, I think that for me, it's... People well, go deep. People go deep. It's so much fun. And then uh, Alarmist, uh, I'm sure that they're fairly close to you guys. I don't know if you spent any time Gary with Gary well. and Aaron over there, but uh, when they were on the show, they, they were kind of some of the first to enlighten me more on that what we've been talking about with the taproom stuff and it's like you know Gary's like my biggest mistake was not opening a taproom right away and you pr- produce beer same with Maplewood I mean Maplewood did production cans for how long you know until they finally opened up the lounge here and he he gave me some of the numbers of like the, the razor thin margins of putting your cans out into the market you know oh and yeah you, them, you know what are you guys I'm guessing are self-distributing anything or no who, yep. who do you guys go you guys go like Gluns or somebody or Lewis Gluns okay yep. okay Team Glons. Yeah, Team I just took a delivery from them the other day. No, but uh, no, I think that's interesting to have uh, have that. I, I never knew. I never thought, you know, you can a beer up and you get it distributed, however, and I think he said like 13%, you know, return on for, for profit on his cans. I'm like, holy shit. And he's like, that's the tap room. It's all yours when they come and buy it out of your tap room or run right. through your lines in the keg. Like. So, so is, I mean, is... At the beginning, I know you guys talked about the brew pub restaurant thing. Was there ever a thought like, let's just get a tasting room, and and do production, or was it like that's either the restaurant brew pub or it's the production facility? Well, I mean, yeah, that's always been something we've had our eyes on. It's just you know, one step at a time. So we'll we'll get there shortly, but yeah, it's the next step. So it, it's it was it all based on the financial commitment at the beginning when you're like, unfortunately, yeah, kind of yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, and no. I mean, just. 
dealing with the city of Chicago for any kind of licensing it can be arduous <laughs> and, and, you know, like a long t- period of time. Um, we wanted to get it going. Um, yeah, just a production facility runs with just state and federal. So mm-hmm. let's sidestep the city for a little while. That's and some then interesting stuff, too. Yeah. Know, just considering, like, certain areas, or if you're just a tap room, you like, like the Gary and them over there, they got, like, that fucking glass and wall, you know, separating. Yeah. It's all fireproof, and they got the doors the and stuff doors, that come down. Yeah. It's wild. You know, and then I, I spend a lot of time in these suburban ones. They don't have as it's many. It's wide you know, open. Yeah. Right. It's just you're not as many... Uh, hoops to jump through i guess you know you may have like a a mayor that doesn't understand you know like what you're trying to do then yeah then you can have some some rope to deal with but but it's crazy with the what you have to do in the city of chicago to make yeah well we first make your vision i guess people when you know um agents knew we were looking for spaces uh, like berwin like the city of berwin sent us emails and called us like come on in red carpet uh, but just something about us being in the city proper just made the most sense. You yep. guys are Chicago. Chicago. Yep. yep. Born and raised. So if, like, let's say yeah, you said next next step, I mean, time. I don't want to ask you to give a timeline, but, like, you know, whatever frame that is, is it vision? Is it envisioned in this space or some in this strip of, In, in this know? space. Not, uh, not in the room that you're in now currently. Ideally, right. we would uh, expand to the... Uh, south, a unit over. Yeah, okay. and uh, so it, um, basically double our square footage, um, and then you know the, the tap room would be on that side. I kind of like the way you guys are located because it's not like so much bustle to like you're not dealing with a bunch of shit. You know, when you yeah. come you come down Knox here, it's like it's not that like daunting. It's an industrial quarter, right? It's not that daunting to move around, and you know, it's not like that headache that you get everywhere you know a lot of spaces when you're trying to find a parking spot or whatever it is you know part of the 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 easing into a tap room was also just wanting to get into a neighborhood and make sure that the neighborhood was excited about us and and accepting and and little do we know before we even open they were like so where's the tap room gonna be you know yeah uh, you gotta have people wander in here right people wander in here all the time right more so now which is it's kind of awesome. It always yeah. makes you and feel a good. Lot, there's a because lot of they're probably seeing your cans on shelves here and there, so they're like, "Oh, they've obviously they have a tap room." Like, because that's like an that's assumption. It. You now. know, they walk in. Oh yeah, go to the tap room. I heard Ooh, there's a no. brewery here. I mean, have you ever seen Illuminated Space? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like people wander into that place. Like, you got to work to get down into that area. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you get? Like in Brian's here? like, yeah, and we just like give them bottles to, to go with them. Like, we yeah. can't sell them. We just give, you know, we yeah. just give them. Do you Please walk don't trip here? over anything. Please don't uh, hurt yourself. Yeah. yeah, like that's exactly. Let me take my gloves off. Their space too is like you know the stairs. It's all metal and dark and dank down there. It's like, yeah, somebody's falling down those steps eventually. We're just just jumping off of what what Jim was saying, I think, you know, when we were shopping for spaces, we we looked at spaces all over, and I mean in various states of disrepair, and we saw some some crazy rooms in Chicago that you could maybe put a brewery in, but uh, we we walked into this space and. It really was just kind of a big empty box, and you know the price was certainly right. The rent was pretty amazing per square footage. Um, we didn't really, you know, the the scene at the time. This is almost four years ago now. Uh, wasn't the same. Saturation wasn't the same. So we what we didn't really realize is what a benefit it would be to actually have a location in this neighborhood because. You know, one thing that I really love about 
the way that the Chicago beer scene is kind of developing is the idea that we're getting back to this idea of, of your neighborhood brewery yep. and, uh, and, and having a, a location that services, you know, the five square miles around your place and, and not have, I mean, the, our, our closest neighbor right now is Lake Effect, Clinton, Clinton, the guys at Lake Effect, and they're a, a little bit up, you know, north of us. But uh, there isn't a whole lot like Aylman right here, and there's a lot of residential areas. So um, yeah, we didn't. I, I don't think that we really realized the benefit of the the geographic space we're in right now at the time, and now it's become an advantage for us. And I think it's it's sort of informed our decision to we should keep building out here because we've got our own little outpost out here. Yeah, people love that too. I mean, even because you're going to get the neighborhood folks that are not even craft beer people, you know, and they're going to come here right after they get off work and they're going to sit here and drink beer all day. And you're going to have that one beer, like, ladies' man's going to be that guy's beer. And he's going to come in and get it every day after he gets off work and sit there and bullshit with you guys for two hours. You know, I, I, yeah, I love so. that. That's because I think that's the thing right now. I mean, and plus, and you, and you get the. A little bit of an expansion over, like, you know, from when you guys started this to now, how much Uber and Lyft is blown up. So people, you know, people are going to try to go to Alarmist and Old Irving and in Ailman and, and, you know, and hit all these spots, Lake Effect. And, you know, all this stuff is within, like, three miles, you yeah. know, four miles of here. So everything's super close. I think that's, like, kind of the trend right now, what I see in the consumers. They want to, like, say, for example, Southwest Suburbs, uh Tinley, Orland Park, Mokina, all that. It's like now you can go to the open bottle, you can go to Crafted, you know, you got two bottle shops right there, and then you can go to Sound Growler Brewery, you can go to Hailstorm, you can, you know, 350 Brewing is right there. So people like to make a Sunday out of it or a month, you know, yeah. like a, a, a Saturday out of it. Oh, beer, like, beer tourism is still huge. It's fucking crazy. I love it. Uh, you guys would fit right in with this, like, area if you, you know, when you get doors open for a tap room and a bar. Yeah. Um, Another thing about you guys that I love is the is the logo. Like, where's where's the logo come from? You want to handle that? Yeah. Well, that's your guy, right? The Alley Man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, graphic design help is is a tough nut to crack. I mean, just like so many other parts of this business. But having a, a reliable artist and uh, being able to sort of articulate your ideas and have them fleshed out by someone else. Uh, is is kind of tough, and there were a lot of iterations. Um, at the time, you know, there was kind of an interesting buzz about us as these kind of home brewers that we took a big prize, and uh, and so a, a number of people reached out to us, like, you know, I'm an aspiring artist. I'd love to to help you guys out. I'd love to for you to check out some of my designs. You know, so we started talking to a number of people. Um, got a lot of different iterations of something like this. Uh, but the idea was to have kind of a weathered, you know, almost Tolkien-esque face. You know, who is the Aleman? Who Who is this character that we're trying to embody? And uh, I always liked the idea of it, of it looking like a nonic pint glass or the, 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 the face actually looked like a, a beer vessel. Um, you know, we liked the aesthetic of... of woodworking um so a, a co-worker of mine at the time who really wasn't interested in beer or anything he just was kind of curious about our story and you know we'd taken all these submissions from various artists that wanted to be a part of this and then my my friend eric um 
just like, I just did this quick mock-up. Kind of reminded me of, of what you're doing. And he handed it to us, and we're like, wow, that's perfect. Yeah. He absolutely nailed it. Uh, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, he's like, well, I'm, I'm moving away from Chicago, so you guys can have this, but, you know, it was nice working with you. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> all right, great. Um, so he helped do what is now the final design for the logo. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it mostly revolves around the idea of, of who is this character? Who is Aleman per se? And, you know, we, we entertain the idea of doing, you know, comic strips and, and like comic based art about all the beers and trying to create this narrative of, of how the Aleman became Aleman, a, a beer superhero per se. <laughs> Uh, and since we kind of missed the boat on that because a lot of other brands jumped on, on the comic book imagery and, and such, we'd, we didn't want to just follow suit with that. Um, but we kept the logo around, and, and, and we love it. I mean, we, uh, we've gained a lot of reputation over the years um, from our, our giant wood statue that comes around with us to festivals. His name's Log. Uh, you guys are creative as all hell. So we bring Log <laughs> around with us a lot, and he, he's he's got some recognizability. Oh, he certainly does. Uh, yeah. My uh, coworker, he, uh, now it's funny that you mentioned it. Now I'm looking at the Christmas the Christmas card photo right next to it. Yeah. It's Brad, right on the second in from the left. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Brad was Brad was recently not recently, I guess before beefsteak even. Uh, my coworker came in and threw me a couple cans of a couple of different beers of your guys's before I had really known about you. And uh, he was at Standard Market, I think, West oh, yeah. or something, doing mm-hmm. a tasting. And he's like, yeah, I gave the guy your card, you know, maybe you, he'll, he'll want to do your podcast. And uh, I just saw Brad's face staring back at me over there. <laughs> Brad's Goof- one of the members of Voltron. Goofball. The Ailman Voltron. Yeah, I mean, you guys you guys have a, have a great story to tell. I mean, it's, it's a... It's a a great great beer i mean what what are you guys is like do you have beer style like do you guys feel like you have a philosophy on beers it's just like we like all styles we try to brew a little bit of everything or that's a treacherous conversation go yeah. get him go get him jim because well, there's four <laughs> there's four of you right i mean are you two yeah, do most of the brewing like yes. is it you, you two, uh, all right. of it or most of it like, most of it yeah um in terms of recipe design and stuff like that mm-hmm. um no th- we do like a broad style of beers. I mean, there are also four different people with four different tastes. Yeah. Um, I think it's just kind of holding ourselves with, within certain standards of like, don't need to jump on any, on every craze, just make beer that you, know, you kind of, you're excited about yourself. Um, and a lot of it was born out of, you know, deft use of adjuncts and, and how to properly use them with a culinary with culinary experience and and you know a coffee on the cold side instead of on the hot side just how do you use these ingredients properly without damaging the beer and also highlighting the beer so it's kind of i just fumbled through that but ultimately <laughs> thing was fine make delicious beer as true to style as possible but what else can you do to make it different now you, uh, you you mentioned you know the word uh, you know trends or fa- you know whatever it is so like hazy IPAs adjunct big big stouts with the fucking peanut butter and God knows what else in mm-hmm. them you know so do, where do you guys sit with that stuff have you done anything like that are you just rocking the dry hop lager that uh, kicked last night <laughs> well so springboarding off of off of that point I think we've always wanted to take a sort of academic approach to style. 
Um, we've always wanted to make beers that if we say it's a wit beer, it tastes like a wit beer first. If we say it's a brown ale, it tastes like a traditional American brown ale first and then give it some kind of nuance. Um, you know, a lot of what's now become adjunct crazy nuttiness is like it tastes like raspberry first and then a beer or it tastes like, you know, peanut butter first. And I, I think we've always kind of approached because we really have kind of always put unusual ingredients into beers to try and drive different flavor you know profiles but it, it's always about the style first and the secondary flavor second this you know the adjunct flavor second so you know we specifically when it comes to stouts um you know we we don't have a barreling project yet it is something that we enjoy it, they are beers that we like doing um but you know it's it also becomes kind of like there's a lot of guys doing that really, really well. Let's let them do that. And, you know, when, when it comes time for us to put a, a big stout out, you know, we're going to make it our own. We're going to make sure that it's, it, it screams ailment when it hits the market. Uh, so, yeah, we, we do play around with a lot of adjunct flavors, um, but it's always guided by style first. Subtlety yes. is key. Subtlety is key. Subtlety is key. Um, and I do enjoy all those, those pastry salads and all of these things that just have intense flavors, but it's just not everyday beer for me. Uh, and there are people, that's the way they drink. That's what they're always chasing. Whale hunters. Whale hunters. Whale hunters. Um, in terms of haze. People are crazy, man. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with the style. Uh, ultimately, there's a lot of people doing them. Um, and when we do, it, it'll be with a purpose and not something we're just going to jump on a craze like, here's mm -hmm. our third hazy IPA this month. Let's just, we'll do it. Maybe we'll help quarterly, if that. But right. we've I made, mean, what, two? Yeah, I mean, we, we are hopheads by nature, I think. We still, you know, if Jim and I are at a bar, I think we, we tend to gravitate. Lately, with the 100-degree weather, we're drinking more Pilsners and Lagers these days, but... I think in general we're looking for good hoppy beers when when we're out and we're enjoying other people's stuff. And uh, I do generally love hazy beer. I think New England style beers are are awesome. Um, but again, yeah, let let the guys that do it really well do it. Because the the last thing I want is is for beer to become generic or styles to become generic. And and what I mean by that is you know a lot of different products that are mediocre or or, or average that kind of muddy the waters and you know i want people to to be able to be educated about what they're drinking and you know i always want chicago to look great in terms of you know chicago brews everything there's lambics coming out of chicago now there's you know really esoteric nuanced wonderful beer coming from all over the place let's not all try and do the same thing right away mm -hmm. like coffee ipas like <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys do do that again afterwards did you guys do like your version of it uh, uh we we post? have on a small scale um we will definitely reapproach that yeah um i like those sooner beers. than later i've had a couple of decent ones too like penrose had a good decent ipa with yeah. a nice coffee it's like you talked about it's not it's an ipa with a little coffee you know it's yeah. not a, yeah 
it's not a coffee with a little IPA flavor to it. You know? What's like, interesting about that, um, the nose and the perception, and even the flavor, it depends on the person who's drinking it. Like, exactly. That's like the hardest part about this world. Beers. Is everybody's um, different. There's Everybody so, like, how it was 50-50 splits. Like, there's so much coffee on the nose. And then there's other people that would just say, I'm not wow, this is coffee. all hops. <laughs> um, so yeah, that we will we will do that, and we 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 have done it. Um, we've kind of changed our approach slightly to that. Uh, it's not going to be nearly as big as it once was. Um, keeping in mind the amount of caffeine that you can extract on the cold side, so I think we have to kind of got dial it in, dial it in, bring that back, and not d- destroys people uh, people's kidneys and livers at the same time. That's fun. Making uh, for loco. Yeah, yeah, people got weird on Dayman the original. Yeah, weird drunk. That's oh yeah, weird, hyper huh? and hammered. It was pretty awesome. Huh. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. A really great memory. One That's of our good. one of our first uh, release parties for that beer in the area was at Big Beast Poorhouse uh-huh. out yeah, in Addison. Beast, yeah, and uh, <laughs> we were a little late to the party. It's it's about an hour drive for typical, us out there. Typical brewers. So <laughs> we end up. I mean, not super late, but a little okay. late. So we walk in and. And it's a number right. of people are like three glasses into this Jazzed. stone beer. Like, and uh, the original stone recipe was damn near 9%. Yeah. Oh, wow. And just with that much more alcohol, you're extracting more caffeine, just more Just a acidity. splash of cocaine. Oh. Just a yeah. splash of cocaine. I mean, well, I guess the um, Two Brothers Roaster at the time roughly calculated that one pint glass was equivalent to almost two shots of espresso. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. So that, that could... Begin or or ruin your day, yeah. Depending yeah. on the, the timing of it. But and the like folks it. drinking at Big B's were really excited <laughs> and really excited. drunk. Like I don't know if I want to sit down or go for a run. Or I'm not sure what I'm supposed <laughs> to do right what now. What I need right now. <laughs> this water? beer is unusual, and I feel weird. <laughs> Liver's like yes, 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 yes. My kidneys are like fuck, 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 fuck. So we realized <laughs> we can't we can't make four loco. That's not yeah. safe. That's not good for anyone. But delicious at the same sure. time. Let's let's give it its due. Uh, something I, I I blew right past. I, wa- I wanted to piggyback it off talking about the logo, but like you guys have some pretty awesome art all over this space. Like I mean, it's literally everywhere. Yeah. And you really can't look at any part of this without building seeing something. Yeah. Like what, what what does this come from somewhere? I mean, is this something that you guys were into? So, uh, I mean, just I think we all share a love for you know, the, the the graffiti art, if you will. Um, but I, I grew up here, and it was a part of my childhood. I, I didn't do it myself, but I had tons of friends, and uh, it was always around, you know. It was privileged to have those people around. Well, I've carried a lot of those friendships, you know, to my adulthood. And we talked about doing this, and then finally I just pegged a buddy, and uh, it's like, all right, throw the crew together. It's going to happen. So we bought a ton of paint. A ton of paint. A, a lot of paint. Um fed them, let them drink as much as they wanted, make sure we all had ventilation masks on, and uh, let them go after for about 10 hours. Went ape shit. Yeah, I mean, they did. It's cool. And it's, it's cool. funny to see them all work so differently. You know, one's just one uh, nerd. Uh, he was my a good friend of me growing up, his older brother. And he's kind of one of the you know original uptown kind of, you know, I, we call him an uptown hillbilly. He's the man. But he comes in and, and he's just done in, in 35 seconds. And it, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but he just rips through it. And then this guy right here, Ascend, new school, he did that over seven hours. Yeah. You know, so it's just uh, fun to watch the approach. I mean, um, you know, Juan, Juan Kim, he did the door there. 
Um, and he's such a perfectionist about it. He's, he's, he, That's pretty for epic. all intents and purposes, he was done, but he just kept going back and going back touch and up, going back. Up, and it's up. just like, oh, wow, he nailed it. Cannot overstate the talent of these guys. It was yeah. one of the most incredible days I've ever been a part of. Um, just watching these minds do what they do. Uh, and, I mean, it just breathed an unbelievable amount of life into what was a pretty boring square space. And that was really our our hope for it is, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time here. Let's make sure that it, it has a life. It makes sure that it is interesting, you know, stimulating for us to be in here. I remember Lily walking through the door the first time and was like, oh, well, I have a five-year-old daughter. And uh, she was just uh, blown away. She looked speechless for five minutes, wandering around the room. What is this? And we've got, you know, a a very dear friend of ours who's a a huge patron, a huge cheerleader for us, um, is an interesting bridge between these two worlds. He's he's an extremely well-known whale hunter (laughs) on the scene. Um, he He is obsessed with having the hottest best rarest sourest haziest <laughs> do we give him silliest. a shout out i mean do we yeah give him it's our friend john meta um we call him the hype man we actually made a beer for him it's a kettle soured uh ipa with strawberries he is sexy. the hype man that's so sexy for he was at ailman wasn't he was he was at he the, the beef steak he was at the beef steak he was the he was really he was the share really yeah tall? he's a big guy yeah. yep. i he's thought i saw him walking yeah. around with bottles pouring stuff out yeah okay and he was the bridge that he he coordinated a lot of the artists. He's an artist himself, um, so he you know can't say enough about Ogle. Um, that's his his artist's name. <laughs> I see um, Bender over there in the no, he's actually the, above the cooler. He's above the cooler. Okay, yeah, he's super modest. He he didn't want to take a big showcase spot. Or some of, as some of these other guys are like, I'll take all of the space. Thank give you. me all the space. Yeah. That's probably not. You don't get the opportunity to just go ham on something. Yeah, all that's right. Here's the paint. Good day. Paint's not cheap. That talked about Willy Wonka. You know, that, that, that for them, this was probably a visit to the chocolate factory here. Well, in a little bit broader stroke, I think, uh, you know, so many breweries have a lot of close connection to a specific style of music. Um, you know, you got the guys at, at 350. They're all oh, about ska, punk rock right. and ska music. Wrestling. Um, a lot of wrestling on the Yeah. Theaters. Love it. I was you just know, there the other night. The guys like, uh, you know, 18th Street, Three Floyds, um, yeah. a number Skulls of others that are way into heavy metal. And, and, and metal. We, you know, our our aesthetic has always been a little bit leaning towards hip-hop. And, and you know, Jim and I both love independent hip-hop music. We love, you know. So I think that kind of informs a little bit I'm kind of a, a crabby old man style. about it. I like yeah. old hip hop or you know something with like just a voice. Just like to yeah. shit on everyone. Like no, the, the no, 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 stuff. no, no, no. I'm just kidding. Uh, Jim's got a great little yachty playlist. Don't let, <laughs> don't, don't let him fool you. <laughs> like, like I used to be into like the artifacts and stuff. Like those were the kind of like, the oh, hip hop yeah. I listened there to. You go. Like that was kind nice of pull. like the little. I never got too deep, but that was kind of, you know, wrong side of the track stuff. But I think that came from, like, the skateboarding days, you know, back exactly. in the youth. Yeah, absolutely. It would always be, like, a great song from one of them, like, in, in, in these videos that you would watch. So who's responsible for the Sasquatchian ailment on the end of that wall? So it's that pretty was cool. one of the earlier iderations of the logo or the, the, the ailment character itself. Yeah. Um, 
And that kind of hung around, even though the, the logo changed direction and went a different way. I like it. Um, so w- when these guys showed up, we had a bunch of printed imagery, just like, hey, here's some inspiration. Well, one guy is just really talented at recreating and, and, and basically almost like tracing. He mm-hmm. would put projectors up and just he'd be done in three minutes. Um, so oh, he just kind of went around and did a lot of stuff like that. Is it weird that that's I feel worm. guilty His that she's cleaning up while we're sitting here enjoying ourselves? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> She's like, I'm just gonna clean this mess up, guys, <laughs> and do it quietly too. Yeah, super quiet too. <laughs> We're talking about you. We're talking about you. She's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. This place is a mess. <laughs> no, but the the artist that did that particular piece, he goes by Worm. Um, what about Worm? Worm's got a, a a huge reputation in the city. You see his pieces all over the place. He's very very talented. He did that piece up by the Glycol Chillers. Upper right. And then back behind the grain shelves over here, there's a, a true-to-life reproduction of the logo as oh, well. Yeah. That was him. His eye is staring at me right through yes. the grain here. And you can always I tell a worm. It. You can tell a worm piece by uh, by the little worm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can tell a worm piece by the little worm. Oh, it's 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 something that you don't see too much of on the scene. You know, art like this. It's just it's it's very cool. It's well, I think it was fun for the artist to come in here and have you know hey try to keep it ailment theme but go but for do it. you do, do your you. own thing yeah. it's that, a huge point of pride for us it really really is but that all i'm all i'm thinking about now and i'm sorry to keep harping on this like as soon as you guys figure out this tap room thing are you bringing those guys back like yeah, hey the, who on our probably tap room be a little bit more control this? and i think it'll probably be just one massive all-encompassing wall uh-huh. instead like, of just get scattered one. throughout you get one no, wall just, guys this whole wall <laughs> uh-huh. and you know i mean that, that's what I'm thinking now, maybe that'll change later. Yeah, you yeah. haven't talked to me about this. We haven't uh, we haven't talked about this yet. <laughs> Let's have this meeting, guys. Let's yeah. have it right now. We need conference right, well, calling the other. <laughs> we need call, conference calling the other boys here. Get it figured out. I mean, uh, you know what else I wanted to talk about because we talked about you, the production stuff and canning. Um, you guys doing a mobile canner? No, no. You guys got canning line right here in this space. Yep, Killing. we jumped in. Yeah, twelve ounce cans. How I mean, how, what's the how many heads? Is it six. It's a head six filler? head filler. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's rated for about a case a minute. I think we're probably sitting at more like eighteen cans a minute. Take it easy. Just yeah. Let, let, let them be quality. Make let sure. That, yeah. Uh-huh. Just make sure it's running smoothly instead of trying to fire through it. So how often are you guys canning? About once a week. Once a week. Yep. And everything's in six packs, twelve ounce cans. For now. As of right now. Do you guys uh, bottle anything right now? No. No. So what, we have like, the what ability to do so in small quantities. So what can what can somebody find right now in in, in a store? So we've been packaging beer uh, since the end of December, early January. Um, going on, you know, six seven months now. Uh, we have three SKUs out in the market. So you got Ladies Man, Farmhouse Wit Beer with uh, lemon thyme that we grow at the brewery here. Uh, you've got oh. our fairly traditional IPA called The Man. Um, I've had The Man. The Man man. is uh, a very kind of workhorse style IPA recipe that you can spoke off and and do a lot of iterations of of things with. But the IPA uh, is meant to be approachable. It's meant to be relatively easy drinking. Um, You know, IBUs for that beer sit at 40 some, right? Yeah. And uh, and then the third beer in cans is is the Soul Man. The Soul Man is is my personal favorite beer that we make. 
and it's that that traditional American brown ale. Each uh, each 300 gallon batch of Soul Man gets approximately 50 pounds of handmade salted caramel that we Damn. do during the brew. We uh, we so coat down sugar. It's a real pain <laughs> in the ass. It's a clogger well, you're handling, shit. I mean, like, what? No, you're handling, you know, 306, 309 degree molten caramel mm. that's flash boi- yeah, flash boiling the liquid. So we add it right at Whirlpool. It's just finding that balance within time. And then you're dealing with the stuff that's going to take your skin off if it drips on mm. you. Um, Sounds yeah. fun. It w- wouldn't be much fun if we were a much larger system. So we'll yeah. probably True. have to sort that out if that scales up. But... I do yeah. love that beer though. Makes a great beer. So the, uh, the let's say the the middle the middle guy the man uh, the IPA. Do you guys play with the hot profile and stuff on it quite often, or is it like it's basically we, we did for a while uh, for a number of reasons. You know, just wanted to make sure that we had good fresh hops and we weren't going to commit ourselves to just this one. Yeah. Um, so it changed quarterly. Um, we've currently settled on uh, a hop build now, and that's that's it. So Glums got mad at us. Yeah. Glums <laughs> didn't want us to do that anymore. <laughs> we, had to, we had to do what the boss says. I uh, just kind of like they don't well, want I mean, to keep explain what yeah, happens. Exactly. Yeah, you have to keep the it. staff informed. They have to keep kind yeah. of separate. I mean, ultimately, we want we wanted to be there anyway. So it, their disdain for rotating hops, mm-hmm. I guess, kind of catapulted us into making a decision. Which so what'd you settle on? What'd you settle on? Couple, uh, two, three, one, four, single, four, four. Yep. Uh, Cascade, Amarillo, Mosaic, and Citra. Mosaic, it's always a good combination. Mm-hmm. Some of those old school seas with some of that new school juicy tropical stuff. Exactly, sounds delightful. So I can uh, go get you a can if you like. Well, it's about time. Yeah. I'm out of beer. I, right. I would love to have a can of it. Beer run. Yeah, that's a, a, that's awesome. Now that we got rid of him, let's talk. Let's <laughs> <laughs> real talk, son. Let's go. So uh, what's uh, what's like the the next thing? I mean, are you guys thinking about maybe some more can more different cans? Are you guys, I mean, like how many different beers are in these tanks behind you right now? So that's an interesting topic. <laughs> um, canning has absolutely changed the face of the company. Uh, I mean, we definitely anticipated that being the case, given the market share for what's purchased off premise versus on premise. We knew it was going to be a huge change for Ailman. It was going to change our visibility in the market. Um, Did we anticipate just how much it would change? Maybe not. So, cans have been doing really, really well for us. It's a super exciting thing. Um, Right now, we are really focused on making sure that the can products that are out are consistent uh, that the retailers that have the cans stay in stock. So we really have been brewing the three recipes pretty consistently over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> um, you know, when we were the first 18 months of being licensed, Aleman was draft only. And uh, we had a little bit more freedom to do a lot of seasonals and one-offs and, and try to flex those creative muscles a little bit more. Um, that was beneficial and problematic at the same time. Uh, right now we've got batches of both ladies, man and IPA working and we have one seasonal. We're kind of, we've choked back on doing one-off beers, doing experimental things, um, because we really haven't come close to touching the ceiling with these cans yet. Uh, so we're, 
we're skewing a little bit heavier that way, a little bit less on draft. We do have one guy in the tank right now. We're gonna we're gonna dip our toe in in the brute IPA pool. Yeah, um, I'm excited for that, guys. I love I love dry, crushable beers. I love uh, beers that bring you back to the glass that aren't exhausting to drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Such so. a great way to I love I love that perspective you just put on that. <laughs> Aren't exhausting to drink. I'm exhausted. So I, I'm really excited for for the beer that's working right now. Um you know, it's kind of a, a keep it simple stupid kind of recipe. And I think the the examples of that style that are most successful take that approach. Uh you know, it's damn near built like a Pilsner. Um but I think uh, I'm very hopeful it's going to be a cool draft-only project. Do you guys um, want to go into process a little bit on that? I mean, I do have a lot of homebrewers that like to listen. We've talked a little brewed IPA on the show, but maybe if you guys want to talk about a little bit of the, the difference, I guess, between brewing. Like you said, it's similar to like a Pilsner, but also, you know, it's an IPA. Is it just a yeast thing? Is it just, I mean... So it's not a new product. Right. It's, it's, been, it's an amylase enzyme. Um, I'm not going to say the word because I'll murder it. Um, I could pull it up if I need to. Um, but you can use it in multiple places. Um, you know, traditionally it was used to kind of just take the cloying sweet edge off of a monstrous stout, like make it just a little bit more fermentable. Um, so you basically can introduce this to the mash and it, it helps break down larger carbohydrate strains to something that's more fermentable and easier for yeast to, to consume. Um, you could also use it on the fermentation side as well and it does the same thing. Um, so, you know, you add so much of this to make this beer completely fermentable. Think of it, you know, fermenting out like a, the, ju- the juice in a cider or, or, or a wine. So that's the approach is to just make the entire grain bill 100% fermentable. Okay. So the brewing process itself... Uh it's you very know, similar. It's very. It's not a whole lot of change um, you know, there's, to it. There, so you know, no, everyone has their own. That. Yeah, there, there's not much of a change there. Um, you know, it, it does break down past 180. So once it goes into a boil, it's going to stop working. Um, you know, in terms of recipe build, um, you know, you're not really using caramel malts or anything like that. Any like carapils, all that's going to be broken down anyway. So you want to use good flavorful base malt of, of your choosing, um, probably light and golden. And then, you know, your hop schedule has to really kind of make up for the fact that you're not going to have any sugar left on the table to balance out the acidity or the bitterness. So, I mean, in our iteration, we didn't we didn't do any hot side hopping. It's going to all happen in fermentation. Yeah. Okay. It's all dry, dry hopping. hopped. Yep. It's all dry hopped. Whoa. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's an interesting style. I mean, I know, you I, like you said, it's not a new thing, but it's a new... It's not a new it's product. A new it's a new style. That, right, so, it, it, what, it started in San Francisco at where? Do you remember? Uh, nope. Anyway, so someone was excited about the, like, I want to try this. Um, and finally had some time in their brewing schedule and did it and nailed it. Um, they've been constantly tweaking it, so they're making it an awesome, consistent product. But, uh, yeah, it was just born out of knowing that this product could do this to the grain, to your malt. Science. Yeah. Science and and stuff. Uh, yeah, they tackled it. So how about, uh, when you're, when you're approaching that beer, um, do you go like, all right, well, this hop dry you know like the better for that kind of style i mean what, what, what are you looking for when you're picking out the hot profile in that well I, I was thinking white wine i was thinking champagne i was thinking you know what are those hops that kind of throw 
a little bit of citrus, a little bit of lemon, but also have kind of a white wine grape quality to them. Um, so we settled on like or we settled on some New Zealand people. varieties. Okay. Uh, I mean, have a little bit of melon to them, um, but uh, yeah, I think we're gonna use because that beer hasn't been hopped yet. We got to do it here probably tomorrow. Um, Ooh, we're going to lean very heavy on a couple of New Zealand varieties and so then touch Nelson on Sauvin and then oh, right Nelson. and touch on some some auto tunes. We got to keep it <laughs> we got to keep it uh recognizable. So, I wouldn't be surprised like, if there's like some I like that too, the auto tune. Auto tune, yeah. There was some citra. Some yeah, citra. Gonna, it's probably going to be some citra in there. I fucking love citra. I mean, <laughs> I think everybody does. So. It's like yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Auto tune. Yeah. So that's that's what's that's what's happening behind us in the in the tanks right now. Any any significance to the uh, logo, the numbered logos on the tanks? So actually, what you're looking at um, are twisted hippo tanks. Okay, so that's I was gonna say. So th- yeah, they've seen that Merrily. before. Co- yeah, what's that? Okay, I, th- I, th- I thought I've seen that logo before. I couldn't put my finger on it. Though. I mean, it was here during Beefsteak. Maybe, yeah, maybe there. Yeah, maybe. But um, they were part of the Homebrew Collective as well. That, w- but I'm w- familiar with Twisted Hippo, so yeah, yeah that makes sense now. Um, yeah, so they, those six tanks are theirs. They were contracting out of here. Um, they've kind of completely desisted uh, on that one. Um, when they settled on their space at, what, Montrose and Mozart? Yep. Um, I think they're also doing some contracting as well. So <clears throat> They shared our space for a long time. They were good neighbors and good friends. Um, they've got most of their stuff out of here, so there's not a not a ton of Twisted Hippo signature left in this room. But the those tanks still belong to them. And oh, okay. Are you guys using those right now? <coughs> Two yeah, of them. No. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, sorry to go, to go back to the distro side of things. Like, how far out do you guys go? Like, how like where's the where's the bubble at? For so we Ailman go as far as as Glunsbury will go. Um, they've got an eight county footprint. Uh, They've got a great, a great reach, and uh, I mean, any brewer will tell you that uh, the decision to sign with the distributor is one that carries an immeasurable gravity. Um, it just has really far-reaching implications for the trajectory of your business, um, your brand recognizability. So the decision to ultimately go with Gluns. Uh, you know, that conversation was, we agonized over. We talked to everybody, um, weighed pros and cons for a long, long time. And ultimately, that's a that's a really stressful choice. Uh, Gluns has a great reach. They've got a great geographic kind of spread. Uh, doesn't go as far south into Illinois as um, I think one of our partners would ultimately like to see our brand try to get, you know, down near Springfield, try to get Oh Try wow! To blanket. I, I can go way down. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of distribution reach, okay. So it's kind of we a, haven't yeah. uh, we haven't looked too much outside of the state of Illinois. It's on the horizon. I think we're ultimately going to go into another state relatively soon. Um, but with the size of the brewery that we have right now, the batch size, uh, we want to make sure that the city of Chicago stays flush we don't want to spread ourselves too thin we don't want to develop a relationship with retailers and then find out that we can't keep their shelves stocked or we can't keep up um 
that's obviously a great problem to have, but it's a really fine line to walk. If you sell beer into a place and, and you start a, a relationship with them, their customers start knowing that they can come and, and get your product and then you go a couple weeks and you can't keep up with cans, that just looks really bad. And yeah. so we want to avoid that at all costs. So in terms of spreading out our, our distribution area, it's going to be very conservative. Um, we need to make sure that the demand is there and we're able to keep up before we're going to spread out much further. So if you guys are canning like once a week or something, do you guys take volunteers on? Like if people just want to come help you out and just... Yes. Yeah. Joe, if you want to come help, that, we could really Joe, use I love it. Day. I love it. <laughs> I, just did, I did my first canning day with Hot Butcher the other day. I went over to Miskatonic and did eight hours with them, just slapping pack decks on, and it was great. It was yeah. like the, one eight of the best hours, days huh? I've had. Yeah. That's a long canning yeah, day. Yeah, I ran, ran in there, made some boxes in the morning, and then I just stayed. I said, I'm doing the whole thing. I want to do the whole experience. Well, I'm doing a podcast with all these breweries. Like I want to know what goes into everything. Like I, and sure. I don't want to... Like John Brand over at Open Outcry, he's offered me to come and sit with Will and just watch him brew one day. Like I have no, I have no desire to brew. I just want to, you know, I do a little bit of home brewing with my father-in-law, but I, I want to just see the, all the inside and out so I have some sort of perspective when I'm talking to people that do it for a living because I like to know everything that goes into it. So, uh, so if anybody's listening and they want to come help you guys, can like you, you should like post that like hey damn right tomorrow like uh, anybody who wants to slap a few decks we'll give you some beer and uh, you know hang well, out. I drank a lot of short fills that day. Yeah. <laughs> that's the beauty of uh, of volunteering for packaging days, and that's I feel like pretty much anywhere you go, you're gonna so end up with fun. some short fills, and it turns into a you know a barbecue and yeah, that, yeah. those yeah. Are good. runs are, are only five hours too. So. I mean, yeah, and I, I, I had fun. We, we did 60 barrels of, of Telehopic. I mean, so mm-hmm. two runs, like nine, you know, there's like three nine high pallets of, uh, you know, 24, 16-ounce cans. And I, so, but it was cool because I got to spend time with uh, Jeremiah and Jude, the, you know, the proprietors of Hot Butcher. And then Justin was there, you know, talking about the beers he's got coming. It's like so great, like informational, just hanging out. And like you said, it's fun. Like you have a couple beers and you're packaging stuff and you learn kind of, the industry and like you guys to round that back what you guys were talking about you just wanted to volunteer at beguile like, like that's how you guys started and i'm sure there's plenty of guys that listen to the show that are home brewers or just wanting to like get into the industry like you build relationships th- that way like i think more guys should advertise that they need help on candy day because canning is not an easy day <laughs> the way our line is designed uh we have found that it takes three bodies minimum. bare minimum um, it's nice to have four. If you have four or five, the day goes much smoother, and you can have a little bit more fun. Um, you know, one thing <laughs> that is... Bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. the bathroom. <laughs> Somebody's cooking. Some, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, one thing that we, uh, that we realized was going to be a necessity for us getting in cans is, uh, you know, all of the ailment cans that you see out in the market right now are, are labeled by hand. Oh, uh, that's fun. It's a, a manual yeah, bench anytime. labeler. You're more than welcome, Joe. Uh, I'm, I'm going to yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm busy on days. Tuesdays always. Uh, it's, it's, is it Tuesday usually? No, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sometimes you guys Saturday. ever do a Monday, you let me know. Mondays are good for me. Oh, we, oh, all right. All right. Might, might just be you me. and me, Joe. Yeah, might yeah, just Whatever you got to so do, You just man. signed up. Good yeah. job. I just signed up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got, I got a podcast that day. Guys. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, is there anything, uh, I mean, like, I know we talked a little bit about future state, you know, possibly tap room, more can, anything, you know, canning, but, like, is there anything that 
you know, do you guys feel like people know you? I mean, you feel like you're out there. Yeah. I mean, how far out do you feel like you you're, you are? Because I feel like in this, uh, you know, I'm from the southwest suburbs. Mm-hmm. I feel like some people would know you guys, some people wouldn't. So, I mean, how do you guys approach that? Just taste things, things like that. Just get your name out there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's boots on the ground. You have to be out. You have to be seen. Um, you know, roots. the the festival game is a slog, right? Like, what's so the re- what's the return, right? About it, but right. you know, as a young brewery in a very saturated market, it's almost a necessity as a, a way to be seen. Um, no, we don't love loading in and being there for ten hours and. and is it going to rain today? <laughs> I am a certified beer server, so oh, if you, you need me to pour some man, beer for you at the just festival. volunteering oh, left and right. You know? The resume is you know? looking good. Just trying to grow that shit, dog. <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I, could talk, I talked to Around the Bend. You know Around the Bend? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Shuttler and Lindsay. Yep. Like, yep. So Lindsay gave me some good insight into that. Her line was like, the next the next person that tells me that it's going it to give me more brand exposure i'm gonna you know i want to cut somebody basically yeah <laughs> like, i mean yeah. it's yeah it's not what it is <laughs> especially when they're approaching you for a, a donation right or donate free that beer donate like, your 200 dollar uh, six my beer and i'll yeah. come represent it properly um you know it, it, it does it make sense to be all the way out in for us Tinley Park that's not that far but it, like it's not that close to home or even further we went to Springfield for uh what the bicentennial festival yeah and that just like, almost didn't make sense for us but it was kind of fun to just go out and pretty cool anyway complete different market but you drive all the way there then all the way back and mm-hmm. but uh so yeah boots on the ground go go be seen i mean i think at the account level in terms of talking to proprietors or beer buyers that we certainly could do a better job of that but i mean we're also running a brewery and a three-man team and yeah so sometimes that can be a bit difficult. Yeah, the nature of our situation right now, all three of us have more or less full-time jobs outside of the brewery. Um, it's certainly not ideal. It's just uh, what has to, you know, it just has to be the reality of, you know, Jim and Brad both have kids. Um, it uh, ha- it kind of hamstrings us in a way. Um from being able to, to have a dedicated sales rep out in the market, you really got to have that. Uh, even though we do have a distribution partner, you know, that only gets you so far. So if if there was one thing kind of, I, I guess if you want to call it an elephant in the room, that in terms of uh, ailments visibility, it, it is having that that person kind of dedicated out in the streets that's, that's really, you know, doing the rah-rah for your brand. Um, you know, I, on the reverse side, I think we're very fortunate that the reputation we do have is almost solely based on on the beers themselves. And and when feels good, yeah, feels good. It's you know, not because merit. So and so is a, a great person. Not because your can pour their beer. Your yeah. can sweet. It's because <laughs> because the liquid inside your can is pretty good. So that's a very fortunate thing. And and you know, not to say that <laughs> we're the most popular kid on the block because we're certainly not. But uh, what visibility we have. And what has grown over the past 12 months has been almost solely based on the beers themselves. And that's that feels great. That's a huge kind of feather in the cap for me personally. Pivoting. Pivoting right now. Well done. How, f- 
how fresh is this beer? Because it feels super fresh. It's very like fresh. It feels um, we canned it what last week? Okay. Uh, yeah. Last Wednesday. Yeah. Like I feel like this is so the this is the beer Tuesday, in between. Last Tuesday. Yeah. Five this, days ago. This feels like the beer in between, like the 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 like punch in the face dank West Coast IPA and the hazy juice bomb zero IBU you know beer. So like, yeah, this the, is the, the beer the, that the, falls that people are like. I forgot about this beer. Like I forgot how good this feels. You know to to drink a beer that has hops and you can see through it a little bit and it's you know it's <laughs> not Joe like, you really are hired it's like over bitter <laughs> and it's not like over bitter uh, so you th- know. that's the approach with the man is it, it's not a style category at all but it's more rooted in the midwestern style IPA yes it has bright fruits it also has some earthy kind of spice to it um, you know fashioned after one of the best you know some of the best beers in the world like the Bell's Two Hearted so like that <sighs> has a malt backbone a fresh it's, Bell's Two Hearted it's you can't delicious go wrong, I mean uh, so yeah, I mean that's and IBUs are low. It's fruity and bright. And that's what it is. It's it's that fruity bright nature of it. It's, it's, and there's still it's a perfect just enough small character IPA to it instead of it being just all yeah pale and. Well, I think you kind of hit it on the head. I think some of the beers that we first really you know fell in love with beers that were like oh my god favorites of all time are yeah. some of your classic west coast styles yeah, or alpha kings or you know like well, anything that you could think of uh, from like you know obviously zombie dust had its heyday of you know madness but then like pliny and you know things from the west coast actually from the west coast but <laughs> the style of it uh like like brandon over at workforce he does a good job with his ipas when it comes to like giving you a west coast feel you know it's yeah. piney. It's fucking. It's punchy in the face. It's who dank, who listening right now remembers Port Brewing? <laughs> I love Port Brewing. I don't. I don't, even, I don't know. I miss seeing <laughs> those guys' beers around. Port, like, like what was Port Brewing known for? Like what was their? Oh, they what did was the jam that the, the, the ba- I mean Mongo, Mongo IPA Wipeout. Wipeout. Damn. Hop, fi- hop fifteen. But, well, that, any other anniversary? Else? That leads me to one of my like it's few also, one of my few boxed questions that I usually. Yeah, comes out during box, right. during you know it's one of those questions that usually comes out during a during one of these podcasts at some point it's not you know but like what was the beer that kind of like gateway you guys like what was there that beer, that beer that made you go like all right i'm done with i'm done with miller coors bud light you <laughs> I know i was 21 years old uh in amsterdam and sat down at a small little brew pub just i thought i was just going to have lunch i didn't realize you know they had house beer I stopped eating so I could have more room to drink beer. I like your style. I like um, your moves. And that was kind of it. That was like from there I came back just thirsty and ready. And at that point there wasn't a ton to be had. Came back was, super pretentious. Yeah, like, not even uh, more pretentious. Like w- <laughs> eyes wide open. Like it was tough because really your variety was found more in import than it was in anything made domestically. Flavor. There's yeah. flavor in this beer. Whoa. So, yeah, that's that's where it all started. Well played. Look at that plate of food. Oh, all right. All right, my turn. <laughs> yeah, did she just make herself nachos? Yeah, is that what that yeah, was? She's the That's man. killer. Listen, I'm telling you, these folks take nachos really it's seriously. So serious. <laughs> That's like the whole basis. Why don't you add a nacho in the logo, like just a chip, kind of like within the wood? <laughs> There'll be a beer. Just, I feel, yeah, Not, um, nacho cheese beer. I really somebody will be adjuncting Matt soon. Don't worry. There's added, chicken and waffles in a fermenter uh, at microphone right now. I think right them in hailstorm right? chicken and waffles with in the, the fermenter. Nashville. Or just from the, they did it in the match. Well, right? Yeah, right, but I mean, you know, yeah. the they did it in the, the match, but the but the the beer itself right now is in the tanks right now. Oof. I believe. Isn't that crazy? Like hot chicken. I couldn't hot stop myself from eating it. Uh, Dude, did you guys go to the no, the Jim. conference? 
Did you guys go to the conference in Nashville this year? No. No, no, no. no, no. That's where everybody, I was follow, you know, because I follow everybody, you know, all you guys on social media. So I like, you know, I see people just eating hot chicken like crazy, you know, during that week of the, <laughs> the, the conference. Brandon from Hailstorm told me there was a lot of shits. A lot of shits. <laughs> <laughs> After Hattie B's uh, hot chicken. Sorry, I didn't mean to distract you. That's her, all right. Her nachos just threw, threw me completely through a loop. So, so gateway beer for you was, was in Amsterdam. I couldn't even like tell you what it was. Beer, right? House, like beer. house beer. It was that's, a delicious that's probably cool. like, yeah. That's kind of cool. Nobody has that story. Yeah. All right. I'm not trying to... Not trying to bring about any groans time. from the youngsters, uh-huh. <laughs> but I will say, Back and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get grampy on you for a second. All right, you get know, after this it. was, this was definitely before I was legal to drink. But <laughs> once upon, once upon a time, Bell's Oberon was a big deal in Michigan, <laughs> and when Oberon Day came oh. around, everyone, you know, took work off, skipped school. Like I'm telling you, you know, we were underage. But you would get fresh Bell's Oberon, and it was so much different than anything well, that much you know, bigger, we were right? drinking. It, it, well, I mean, it is I know now. Bell swears up and down that recipe hasn't changed. I just don't believe it. Everybody like, swears that, that about was every a, recipe. Uh, facilities changed. Change. That I'm was hazy. The big I'm, I'm referring to the bigger. Company. That was hazy uh, beer way uh, before hazy beer. It was just haze, bro. It was just so much different, <laughs> and uh, we were so excited about it, and just like. You know, Two Hearted was almost a little aggressive to us at the time, um, but Bell's Oberon, man, that was like, I'm not drinking Labatt Blue anymore. That's what the kids would call crushable at this point in time. Yeah, now yeah. They were the original crushable beer. Yeah, it feels like a million years now, ago. Now you see that they got the little like party little party balls of it. <laughs> you can get on on a <laughs> shelf for like twenty bucks. Yeah, a little party ball of Oberon. I haven't had an Oberon. I don't know how long. Uh, you uh, could, unfortunately, you could probably skip it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you dropping Yikes. bombs. Yeah. He's dropping bombs. I remember when it was Soul Sun. You drank Soul Sun before it was called Oberon. Oh, really? Was that was incredible. Okay. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that like it's so weird for you know people. I guess I would lump myself in with it. You know, that got into the world later than you know than that. Like if you told them now what you just said, they're gonna be like, wait, they had a day dedicated to Oberon. What? Yeah. Like that's for. That's ridiculous. Like, uh, no, seriously, that, that was their Dark Lord Day. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> people partying in the streets, no, celebrating I mean, the sun. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely right. Sounds like a cult. <laughs> Man, what 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 else? What else would we want to talk about with the ailment? I mean, what would you guys want to leave the people that don't know about you know don't know you guys yet? I mean, you have a audience of billions. You're talking to right? Not really, but you know, a couple hundred people. You know. Uh. I know people hate when I ask that question. They're like, I'm not ready for that question. You know what, man? Last night when we had all these friends and family here, and it was a really kind of joyful gathering, but we had a buddy that came up to me, and you know, he said, of all the times I've been here, meaning come to the brewery, and all the people I've brought, I've never had somebody say, this place sucks, or I'm bored here, or like... It, I just want to people their to face know. Or like on the internet, <laughs> on the internet, I'm sure they. Yeah. Have. No, no sorry, you're right. Sorry, sorry. Trolls. No, you're sorry. right. Keep going. But just making sure that like, we want to keep beer fun, and I hate to sound over overly simplistic, but you know, I, I fear so much beer becoming this pretentious thing. 
Um, it's there. You it's know, there. The there's a reason the that there's sure. a reason we don't make wine. There's a reason we don't make <laughs> spirits mm-hmm. because those things are so contested. And I just, uh, I love beer, beer's ability to bring people together, to facilitate conversation, to facilitate fun. Um, and I just want to preserve that as much as I possibly can. I mean, and Brad, Brad reached out to me, you know, before Beefsteak too, and, and, and said, hey, you know, if you want to come check this out. And he sent me like a video of last year's and like, you know, I saw it and I was like, that looks cool. But when I came in, I didn't know what to expect. You know, like I saw bits and pieces of this video. and I'm like, I don't know. What to, I don't know. We just got invited to this thing. My wife's like, let's do it. It sounds awesome. You know, so we go there. We were at Microphones Fest the night before, you know, right. the day before, yep. you know, we walked in here. Pale Popper, right? And it, it, well, it used to be Pale Popper. Now they called it Smells Like a Beer Fest. Yeah. Uh, it's on their property now. So we were walking around here and I'm just like, I don't know what to expect. And I see this crazy Asian guy cooking up fucking crazy shit, handing it to people. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys were so welcoming. It was just had like you were talking about, you're, you're describing last night and I'm feeling the same feeling I got the night before, you know, the night of Ailman uh, Beefsteak too, you know, I'm, it just felt like family. Like everybody was cool. Like you didn't have to know anybody. You didn't have to like do anything. You just sat there and everybody was smiling and fun. Like my favorite part of that night was what was you guys talking in between each course, you know, uh, you, you had the mic most of the time, just Ugh, unfortunately, and then handing it off to, yeah, to he's chef the, one the Kim most public speaker. Of uh, he was the element. I mean, you know, like I got chewed up, man. Juan good balance of like yeah, heartfelt, he, you know, <laughs> crushed you. Yeah. Yeah, Juan made solid. me look like a fool. Well, because he was fun. He was he went he went right after. You were like very heartfelt and, t- and spoke to people about like your passion and the love for what you're doing. And, <laughs> and then he the walks food up pairing. and tells everyone he has gout. And then yeah, <laughs> and he's like, if you don't I like the food, gout. then fuck you. And like, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. hilarious. Uh, and you know, everybody was just happy that day. It was just a, a cool thing. And that's kind of like that that feeling I'm getting from from ailment in general. Uh, it, like you, it speaks to the let's. It should be fun. Like it should be a fun thing. Absolutely. I don't want to sit here and shit on the beer industry right now because it is, you know it is getting pretentious. Sure, in, there, there in a lot are of the ways. plenty of things we could grab mm-hmm. about, but that's not. But right, the but, point of this. But that, the beauty of it is the you know. Like you guys could probably call Beguile right now. I'm like, dude, we are out of grain. Like, in a heartbeat. come over and pick up a sack, or we'll there's, drop it off. There's you know, a small group there, that like. we all are in on like a Facebook group. Yeah. And it, if you request something or you're in need, usually within five minutes you, you have it. <laughs> so or you, crazy. You have to, you know, at least a source for it. And go find it somewhere else. But yeah, it's they're still very welcoming. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful industry, and I know, I know it's, you know, it's like anything else. It's going to grow to a size to where it's, it's, you know, it's hard to keep that as personal and fun and like loving and helpful as, but I notice it's kind of starting to break off into regions now. Whereas, like I've talked to a lot of guys, like, yeah, if you're twenty, if this is twenty fifteen, and you're in the brewing industry, you know, like literally everyone in the brewing world, you know, from Chicago out to the suburbs, you know somebody at that place, and now. You know, it's starting to break off into like now you know everybody in the southwest burbs, you know everybody in the northwest yeah. area of the city, you know you know everybody on the south side of Chicago. You, know, you got Horse Thief Hollow, you know uh, Open Out Cry, like all those guys kind of work together. So it's like for you guys, do you guys have like a little gang? Like Beguile's got to be part of that, right? Like that you guys kind of yeah, Beguile, um, Alarmist, mm-hmm. definitely Sketchbook, um, Sketchbook. Ah, they have the best rep in the biz, Ben Morgan. Ben Morgan is like he's one of my favorite people. Yeah, that I, that I run into every one, now and again. Uh, sketchbook, they're actually. What but did they used to brew some stuff out of Church Street, like some small? You know, I'm not sure. Um, the way we got linked up with them is that we actually bought this exact same equipment. Oh, okay. 
Um, and, you know, we both had to deal with the same woes that came with it. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, we, we linked up with them. And, you know, it's kind of a similar story. that They won, uh, what, the Sierra Nevada's brewing competition, oh, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of set them on their path, so. That's way the f up there in Evanston. I'm yeah. so far south, like that's like way north yeah, country. That's, that's, a that's like travel. the wall for me. Like that's the yeah, that's the <laughs> win- winter is coming. Like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like seriously though, any other thoughts you want to leave? I mean, we're about an hour and forty five in. We can wrap it up. Uh, let you guys get back to your Sunday and recover from your day of celebration. <laughs> still so have foggy. some nachos. <laughs> I mean, um, what would you say? I mean, ju- just know that when you uh, are partaking in any ailment product, that it comes from a very honest place. That it is very much a product of our personalities, um, and that you know we're, we're in this for a lifestyle. We're not in the, to get rich. Like we don't want to dominate a market. We just want to enjoy what we're doing and, and be in a good community. So why do you have that monocle? Mm-hmm. You look very. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't really have a monocle, <laughs> right? It's you not the get rich ask, business. Ask Scott no, and ask a monocle. Him. You notice the Tesla out front? Yeah, yeah. Driving, right. multiple Tesla. That's right. <laughs> I, thought, I saw Te- the fleet. Tesla. The fleet of Tesla. Tesla. That's right. Uh huh. They're lawnmowers. They're <laughs> God, I saw one of those uh, those those like Roomba style lawnmowers the other day, and it almost blew my mind. Have you seen those? Like the self robot lawn- lawnmower? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen those? The was, future is now. I was uh, <laughs> we were down in Wilmington on the Fair river life. on the on the river uh, my wife's cousin's place and I'm like there's like the house is on the water and I just see you know it's you know it's a big slant down the yard and I'm like that is a lawnmower without a person. It's like, <laughs> I'm like what is going on right now? I've seen this movie. Like I have small children. That seems super dangerous. That seems like well eventually I'm, our partner Brad is going to listen to this episode and Brad loves robots. Yes, <laughs> Brad. Does he have that fear of like them taking over no, the world? No, I do. Or he want, I do. He, I'm with you guys, man. Brad is embracing gonna it. He's going to be the first one that signs on to Skynet. Yeah. Scared of AI right now, man. That's right. Who knows? Yeah, these computers be smart. <laughs> like you were saying, you're at Stone. Just like press the button. Yeah. There it goes. Walk oh, away. There's your grain. Hey, I want to grain out. Boop. There's uh, the grain. We, we did get to cut open bags of acidulated malt, which was fun to watch uh, Mitch Steele get real excited about uh, using gypsum and. and uh, Acidulated I love instead. it. Yeah. yeah, Mitch. Mitch has wrote a couple books. In oh his yeah, day, just right? a few. He's, he's he's knows, he knows a thing or two about old this. Mitch. Yeah. And yeah, my buddy Kyle told me about. I'm like, I don't know who that is. And he's like, he has books and stuff yeah. about him. You know, IPA so books, pretty solid. Like giant yeah. in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't read know the who IPA was book. Five years, you know, five years ago. I'm like, I don't know. I know Stone is. I don't know what he is. So. <laughs> what's, 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 what's does he do now? Everyone, everyone should read Mitch's IPA book. Atlanta based. It's in Atlanta. I'm not sure the name of the brand. You know what yeah. book comes up a lot on the podcast is uh, Water. And yeah. And everybody, to a man, is like, it's a really hard read. All of them. All of them. Right. All of them. They're all hard reads. But, they're you know, dense. I think, it, I think it always comes up because, like, I found out that, I don't remember who I, the first person I talked to about it was. I found about water chemistry because, like, I, I approached, I'm not a home brewer, really. I mean, I've done some extract kits and stuff. And, like I said, I've brewed, like, six batches of beer in my life. But it's like. Water chemistry fascinates me. Yeah. I think it's oh, crazy because yeah. it's just the unless you're a home brewer, you're not thinking about well, no, like nobody. You know, the side by side comparisons to recipes. If if you're going to play with water chemistry, yeah. it can be pretty fun. Your like, wa- your your local whale hunter, he doesn't give a shit about water chemistry. <laughs> you know, like and I think I find it fascinating when I hear how deep people want to go. I think Josh Mowry at Miskatonic was the one who really like turned me on to like how important water is. Yeah. You know? 
arguably the, the most important. Yeah. Is your guys Lake Michigan base water then? Like yep. is that your oh, base yeah. water? Yeah. So like, how much do you have to mess with that? Is it? Uh, we just filter it out for chlorine. Um, oh, I mean, we, we brewed some styles that we we have adjusted on, but but well, for the most part, the beers you've drank today are pretty straightforward. Yeah. Do you guys have like one of the one of the four members here? Like that's like he's the water guy. He knows it better. He's uh, collaborative on everything. Jim's pretty much the water guy. Yeah, yeah I'm the water guy. Um, yeah, ultimately, it's something that we will tackle a little bit further, but we were pretty fortunate with the water table that we have here. I've heard good things about the water yeah, table. especially for the beers that we're making. Um, we, we, but we have, you know, made a Pilsner and, and softened it as much as possible. It, it, so it just, yeah. Depends on the beer. I went deep at the end. Like I tried to like sign us off, then I got interested in water chemistry yeah. again. So sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to bring you back to. That's <laughs> to, all right. To a uh, deep, uh, deep state uh, beer brewing. I, so I l- lost the the water book in Germany when we were in Berlin, in, in my bag. That was in that bag. Yeah, that that Aww. and Way to go, James. That's yeah. sad. Oh, well, whatever. I can go buy it again. You could like so we, were all, it, right? we actually went. We went and brewed uh, a, a, a redux version of, of Dayman with Stone and two brothers out in their Berlin facility. So they flew That's us out crazy. there. That's crazy. That's so crazy. It was cool. It was the middle of January, though, so it was really cold. Um, go brutal. to Berlin, Germany. But yeah. literally. Go there. Go, do it. Um, do it. Do it. Literally in Berlin for, what, 15 minutes and I lost my bag? Got on the wrong train. God damn. Yeah. It was stressful. Just like overwhelmed and like just sunglasses, books, just left it there. Tablet, like on just oh shit, wrong train, sprint out. My bag left was on the book Forgot bag that you took your book bag off and set it down next to you gently. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Damn it. That sounds terrible. It's terrible. If you love beer, go to Germany and drink beer. Any uh, any fests or anything you guys are going to be a part of coming up here? I mean. This will be out pretty short. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll I don't know how Oak, far out you guys are. We'll be at Oak Park. I have it here. Oak Park's a ton of fun. We love that fest. Definitely. Wait, when's Oak Park? Do you know? Like in the next week? Soonish. Two weeks? August. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking at August here. Mm-hmm. Well, that what else do we have? Time. South Loop uh, next weekend. Um... Do you guys do collabs a lot? I mean, have you been in So that's kind of what we were built on, right? I mean, we right. won that competition right. and collabed. And what we Sounds like a dumb question after we've been talking about no, the no, 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 it's not, not at all. So what's, um, you know, we're more selective and you know, like it has to be with a purpose and why does it make sense? Um, but it was how we, we learned, you know? We we were an, a brand or a, an identity before we even had a facility. So to kind of keep that ailment name going we just made sure we went out and brewed beer with people and and learn on their systems and yeah repeat 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 um but we also did a, a small contract run of one of our beers it needs to come back actually the hammer it was a, Ooh, a, it's the hammer. a white cedar blonde blonde ale Slightly. White cedar blonde ale yeah how mm. why what what, 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 it, what? Was it was delicious it was great what, what you know, makes what, that happen what why do we lean what towards sparks cedar? that yeah, I mean, I, we, it's just a you very like the way distinct smell. You're it's like, just oh, a I very like distinct. Like the smell you know, of a good cedar closet. Um, a wood character, you know, Delicious. that you're not seeing in beers. Oh, what was it? Cedar plank. We were out in uh, in San Diego. We had uh, green flashes. Cedar plank. That's right. That's where it came so from. Like, let's do this. But you know, it also was born out of a conversation with our Tizzle Imports reps 
um, and the owner of St. Fouillen was in town and we're kind of geeking out over beer styles and like, yeah, I want to do a cedar beer. They're like, you have to do a blonde ale. Like, like, all right, okay. do you win? Sold. Yeah, great. Take it easy. Yeah. Um, I think Gary Gully's mad at us for something. You better not. But we're be. supposed to be. We should be doing a beer with Alarmist. You should definitely do that. <laughs> that's yeah. That's one of those. Yeah, also, we should do that. We also, do that. tell Gary I said fuck him. No, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, you well, can do it right over the pot. Gary's pot Gary's uh, our our episode was like, th- I think they were they were referred to me by Maplewood. So Adam C. Slack and Adam Smith. Yep. Uh, and Adam, you so, should go talk so, to Gary. So the entire episode of of alarmists Aaron, it's Aaron me and Gary and we would just slip in but fuck Adam and them at Maplewood and then just keep <laughs> going like it was just the whole episode it was just like shitting on Maplewood for fun because uh, they like each other so much I don't know that doesn't sound like Gary yeah, at all no, no. No. He's God, he was hilarious he is kind of a dick right ah uh, my favorite <laughs> dick yeah. Whoa! Wow. That sounds that sounded good. That was filthy. That, that was for good. you, Gary. Probably all that. I real, miss us. You guys are getting a lot of love permeating out of the red booth. <laughs> it's like you guys are super close to each other right now. No, so, ultimately, I want to do more collaborations. Um, I love the idea that you know more bars and restaurants are getting involved. Uh, so doing collaborations with with accounts, not just breweries, is super fun. Um, I never looked so at it like that. That's yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Like with accounts, you know, it, instead yeah. of, you know, you say bar or restaurant, but like accounts. Like, I mean, ultimately, those are the people on the front lines, man. Those are the people that are selling your beer. People have a hard time looking, you know, the, the looking at this thing as a business, you know, because it's so cool. You know, it's such a cool thing, beer and craft beer and all this stuff. It's like I feel like people get that cringe feeling when they hear it referred to as a business like sorry it's a business i mean you still have to think about these things true doesn't mean it has to drive what you, everything you're doing but i mean you definitely have to be conscious of the fact that you're dealing with a business like i loved hearing you guys talk about staff education and things for places that are receiving your beer like it's such an important thing to have allies that are ultimately holding your six-pack in their hands yeah to give to me, you know, as the consumer that walks in, you know, you, you got to give reason. To, you like, what's the motivation for them to tell me I want? You need this ailment. You exactly. need this fucking soul man right now. Exactly. Like, you, know? you have to give people a reason to give a shit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, still working restaurants. I still tend bar four times a week. Where at? Uh, Rockwell? No, no. I tend. <laughs> I, I work at the bar in Buena in Uptown. I work at another good craft okay. bar on the north side. Right. But uh, no, it, it's it's a real. That's a real thing, man. Like as much as uh, as off-premise sales drive a lot of the market, you know, folks are still going to these these beer bars because they want to look at the menu. They want to see whose beer program is doing what, and y- you got to win hearts and minds, not the customers. You got to win the hearts and minds of the people that are selling it, the people that are serving it. So you know, giving people a reason to give a shit is really, really important. I take all of your stories, yours, and everyone else I've sat down, and I put them in my pocket, and I wait until I get that person in front of me that's like, I don't know what I want to drink today. And I'm like, let me tell you about this guy. <laughs> you know, let me tell you about these people. Like, this the whole the whole thought process behind what I'm doing here is, is trying to, I don't know, it's, it's like furthering the industry. I've had complaints from people, like very limited, but I've had some people say like, you love everything, you know, you love everybody's beer. Like, you've never been like, oh, that beer sucks. Like, I don't know, it's not... There's not a lot of people making terrible beer. I mean, there's, yeah. there's good beer out there, but I, I, I want to be like an ambassador for for the, these people because I just love the stories behind it and the, like the heart and everything, the passion that goes into it. 
So it's like th- that's the stuff that people like to hear. I've watched people that are like either new to craft beer or like new to a specific brewery. Like I've told them a story and they're like, well, I'm going to buy that six pack. Like, you know, I was going to buy three Floyds because I know three Floyds and it's, you know, I know Gumball Head. But then I'm like, well, they make a wheat beer over here and this place is like five blocks away from your house. And like, they, you know, these guys uh, tell them a story like that you guys told me. You know, I might tell them a story about, you know, he grew this lemon thyme in the back of his at the back of the brewery like well i'm buying that one he fresh ingredient like right out of the back like that that stuff drives this industry to me to me no joke joe yeah. we need we need more folks like you well, i mean I, that, that really is one of the I reasons i set myself I'm, up for rose petals oh. shower me shower me we're super happy to have you man it's a it's an awesome thing for us this is this is our first podcast yes that's yeah, why I like never, to hear right We've there. never been on a podcast before. Yeah, so. not, you're not elitist. You're not like, oh, I've done these before. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we're elitist about is pizza. Ooh. <laughs> Explain. Tavern <laughs> cut? <laughs> don't get me started, Joe. It's a lot. We get, you don't have another two hours to talk. Deep dish? Tavern cut? Uh, Depends on what time and like place for all <laughs> those things. Right? Place for all. See, that's what people don't understand. Everybody's so set in their fucking ways. It's like, I'm left or I'm right. Like, that's it. But you, there's, there's room, guys. There's room no. in here. There's room in here. Can of worms, I'm telling you. You've got you to take into consideration everything. you got to take all <laughs> these things. And, like, you know. If you if you put a gun to my head and be like, "What are you, Joe?" I'm like, "I'm an IPA guy." Like, hands up. But like, on the right day, I'm not an IPA. Guy. On the right True. day, like, where you know, show me that sour, baby. Show me something barrel aged and black sour. You know, whatever. Hundred percent like, agree. Hundred percent agree. I think people have a hard time with that. It's like it's like either you're one thing or you're another. Um, th- spread the education. You know, like the, the conversations like this. Hopefully, people understand. Like, you don't need to be one or the other. Like uh, Chicago deep dish pizza. I mean, that's what we're famous for, right? But then half the people in Chicago are like, I don't even give a shit about deep dish pizza. Yeah. I, I care. I'm just yeah. not going to eat that. Square yeah, cut. I'll have one. I'll have one when the time is right. Square yeah. cut or bust. Yeah, give me that square cut, son. That's a, yeah, that's what I need. Like, Don't get me wrong. I love a nice, thin New York-style pizza if I can get, you know, if it's... it's Foldable that, I mean, slice? That, right. Like that. I'm not I'm not <laughs> seeking it out daily. Like, My wife asked for pizza one night. We're ordering some straight tavern cut. With a beef roll on the side, you know, like beef <laughs> pocket, with some odd juice to dip it in. Like that's that's Ooh, that's how pockets. we roll. Dude, pizza for you in our in our area. There's a couple of them out by us. They make a Italian beef pocket that's so ridiculous, like a calzone with Italian beef in it. Oh, okay, you know, right. Get jardinier, whatever you want on the side. They give you big old cups of odd juice to dip it in. Just cheese falling out every. Uh, I gotta go home and eat Stop. now. Say, what's your yeah, address? I, yeah. We'll be there, ah, dude. You guys are well. If you're ever out in the Southwest Burbs, you call me. We'll come. You come hang out. We'll go Damn do right. something. We'll, we'll go bring, on a beef pocket we'll tour. We'll bring the yeah. beer. Straight beef pocket tour all day. <laughs> that yeah. sounds filthy. Hey, yeah, you come uh, in yeah. with you. Hey, I got a do- I got a double barrel kegerator at home. You you bring a sixth of the man over. We'll we'll throw this thing down. Well, Extra thank you guys. Well no. No. Oh, oh wait, say that again. Extra sauce, well done. Extra crust. sauce, well done. Crust. <laughs> where's your jam? Like, where's the spot? Like, if you guys are here brewing all day and you're fucking oh, dead tired, like, Super, who are you calling? Su- Super Rosa. Super Rosa, yeah, like, yeah. like they, they deliver it to you, or yeah. You, you know, oh yeah, and just straight up tavern cut extra sauce. And you say burnt crust, or you say well done, just well done, well done just, crust. Just cook it more. So does it get like a like a black on it when you say yeah, when you say that? Golden just brown. Hold up, you know, or a yeah, flimsy okay. crust. You just want a little, you know, a little yeah. cracker, almost like Perfect. a little cracker snap. Okay. Perfect. I feel like Jim's not on board with this conversation. He's no, I am. He's laughing and no, like, I'm just like she's over like, there crushing nachos, and we're talking about pizza on a beer podcast. I mean, well, that's all. Yeah, that's what. It's it's great. It's uh, a conversation. It's the same world. It's a conversation, man. They go hand in hand, though, right? Yep. 
I'm not much. How of do a, you think I got this manly physique? Yeah, <sighs> it's true. It's not a lot of not a lot of great physiques in the beer world. <laughs> <laughs> I was having this conversation with somebody last night. Not a lot of great physiques in the bureau. You got to really uh, pace yourself. Jim's got great triceps. That's Thank you. Phenomenal triceps. That's all the grain. Like That's horseshoe. probably all the grain uh, you're schlepping <laughs> up and down. <laughs> Well, guys, seriously, thank you. Thank you uh, for spending you. your Sunday. You didn't have to do this, and you did. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to have uh, been privileged to be here twice now uh, yeah. in this space and had an equally good time both times. You're always welcome. And Though uh, you didn't give me any meat to eat with my hands, so I mean, I'm there's plenty in the cooler. In the I'll be slightly disappointed, but <laughs> you uh, can make some nachos before you leave. <laughs> Nacho party. Um, let's sign off then. Uh, All right. Cheers well, to you guys. Uh, yeah, I got a ha- uh, empty glass. We'll fake no, we it. Can't it's do fine. That. No, no, no. Bad luck. Even bad luck on me. We got it. Yeah, yeah, thank uh, yeah. you guys. Also, uh, fuck Gary Gully. Fuck Gary Gully. And yeah. you know, Aaron's all right. Yeah, yeah he's Man. kind of a dick, too. Cheers, guys. Right. We're out. <laughs>